que... Oh, wow, you're recording it. Okay. Yeah, I've always recorded the videos, remember? And I send you the audio. No. Since we started doing the videos, I've been recording, I thought. <clears throat> no? No, I'd send you the video because a couple times I've, I've messed up. Oh, and you know what? I've been doing it by myself. That's why I've been doing the mock, the mock drafts. Oh, yeah. That's what I was like, the hell is going on here? The betrayal. Yeah. Who have you been two chiming me with? <laughs> Who's your other podcast? This really is the finale, isn't it? Yeah, fuck it over. I have a whole list of other podcasters I'm willing to do podcasts with. <laughs> All right. But you can still count me down, though. Oh, now you want me to count you down. You you out running around flirting with other podcasts. Now you want me to count you down. I see how it is. I see how it is. I'm holding out. <laughs> I'll give you a max deal, Charles. We know that's what you want. <laughs> I want a no trade clause, too, and a player option. Guys, guys, Charles is all about the money. No matter what it is, it's throwing money. And it's a contract year. I might just, you know. Get my best row of podcasts and then just fucking phone it in over the next five. Hey, I I wouldn't blame you to be honest with you. Don't bother me, I'm working. 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 Don't work it. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time, but we are so excited to have to be back here. I'm the for Brother Boy himself, Mr. Brett Carroll. Charles is always daydreaming, and we're two guys that uh, like BSing at work, and we've been BS, and we've left you. And go ahead, say your say your phrase. I like the way you say it. Oh, we, should have, we shouldn't have left you without a dope blog. Step two. There it is. There it is. Uh, it's been a long time, but we but there's a lot of excellence that we need to discuss of other people. So we're going to do that. Um, and yeah, excellence in quotations for some of them. <laughs> now, let me let me say this right now before we get into it. <clears throat> we're not going to be discussing the Nets on this pod. Don't blame Charles. Blame me. Put it on me. I, unlike some people that we won't name, I'm going to take accountability for this. Um, this is on me. As you guys know, I mean, like, there's only like 50 of you that watch, and we appreciate you, and we know you all, so we love you. Um, as y'all know, I'm very close to this. Uh, and so, as you could probably imagine, this is something that is, like, very, very emotional to talk about. And my thing is, we can't run from it. We can't duck it. We have a whole podcast called Next Propaganda. We have to talk about it. My thing is, I'm not going to talk about it more than once if I don't have to. So, this is what we're going to do. If and when KD gets traded, we will talk about everything Nets. Um, if he doesn't get traded, and I'm hoping that if he doesn't get traded, we at least hear an official announcement within the next week or so. But if and whenever that happens, we will have a whole, we'll call it the Nets propaganda season finale, if y'all want, because I'm sure that's going to be another long pod. Um, well, we'll talk about it. My thing is, I just don't want to talk about it twice. And a lot of stuff that we would say on this pod, we would be repeating on the other pod anyway, because you have to talk about it. So whatever. So let's just get that out of the way. For those of y'all that might be watching this, only hoping for net stuff, I'm sorry. But we have a lot of other great things we got to talk about. If you want to leave, then leave. Go. We don't want you here either. Because I could have conned you. And I could have been like, yeah, we're going to talk about the Nets at the end. And then at the end, don't talk about the Nets. But I'm going to be nice and tell y'all up front that if you're here for that, you're going to have to wait. 
So for the two of you that left, you know, we'll see you. We'll see you later. For the rest of us, honoring Brett's wishes, and I'm not even gonna say anything smart. I'm not gonna say how I feel. Go on a rant right now. Very tempted. Very. We, I promise you, we will have a whole pod dedicated to all that. But we have a lot of other stuff to talk. Well, about. actually, I just want to say one thing, and it's not—it's not, it's not a, anything crazy. It's nothing to take over the whole pod. There's one thing that's kind of timely at the time of recording that I do want to say is complete bullshit. Uh, the other day, Draymond said, made this analogy about, oh, uh, no one questions happiness when somebody goes from uh, Apple to Amazon or Amazon to Tesla or however he phrased it. And it really, really, really fucking annoyed me because hoops, hoopers, superstars, athletes, athletes, pro athletes in general, at least in North America and internationally when it comes to world football, they, they, they're different. They're elites. They, 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 they're just a lower rank of elites. They, they don't live the same life we live. They are the farthest thing from working class. Not saying that all the athletes lose that part of them. But for the most part, they are not like us living paycheck to paycheck. With that being said, to use the analogy of like, well, they get cheered for doing what's best for their career and being happy. And yeah, yeah, they do. Because regular Joes like me and Brett, we don't sign guaranteed money contracts for five years at a clip, four or five years at a clip. And if we did, if we were lucky enough to sign a five-year deal with guaranteed money over that course of that time, Lord fucking knows Regular people can't go to whoever they signed that deal with less than a year in and say, I'm not happy. I want out. That's not how life works. doesn't matter if I'm not happy. That's the reality of it. Like that's the, that's the most annoying part of some of these athletes. There's so, so many uh, regular people that they want to say, bring up the happiness thing. There's millions of people that aren't happy that just go to work because they have to, they have to put food on the table, pay their bills and all that shit. So when you're talking about 30 million, 40 million, 50 million, 60 million in one year, nobody that's working class, regular people are fucking crying over you. No one's going to be like, oh, wow, man, that's fucked up. No, especially when you're playing a game. If y'all were putting your lives on the line, it'd be a different story. But y'all are playing a game. Whatever you want to talk about it, it's just a game. Especially over your happiness, to be fair. Like, that's the last thing we want to hear is, oh, you're not happy? They're in a recession, dog. We're in a recession. Gas is five bucks a gallon. And y'all motherfuckers are talking about happiness and and, and on your career path. You know, how many people just lost their job? How many people haven't been able to find a job in their career path because it's been nothing but pandemic and and recession since they've gotten their degree or whatever? Y'all don't give a shit about that, but y'all think we're out of touch. And you want to go off on your happiness and your career. And da, 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 da. that's great, dog. I wish you nothing but health and happiness. But the reality of the situation is the rest of us working class fucks, we just got to deal with shit. We got to show up no matter what. If there's a, a fucking explosion in our city, we might still have to work that day. If there's an explosion across the country, we can't call up and be like, you know what? This is just really stressful. People die. Like where I work. Like for the, the place I cover as a journalist, people get shot and die. And I have, that's why last time, I want to be clear, I'm sorry if I spoke harshly about Benson because I said a lot of harsh things. Mental health is a real thing, and I don't want to take that lightly. But with that being said, we're talking about sports in a game. If I was doing my job when I'm on my podcast, when I'm on my blog, it'd be different. I'd, I'd carry a, a certain uh, weight of decorum with me. 
because I'm, I'm talking about real life stuff. I understand I'm talking about real people, but for the most part, discussing other people's excellence is all the fun stuff, the, the, the candy store, the, the toy store that me and Brent like talking about. We, If you want to get real, I don't feel any type of remorse for these fucking crybaby millionaires. I have to cover teenagers getting shot. I have to cover corruption. I have to cover all this shit that affects underserved communities that these millionaires claim to care about. That's my actual job. So when I come over here and I hear these people that are making generational wealth in one fucking month, talk to me that I don't understand because it's so complex. No athlete, I graduated. You didn't shut the fuck up. That's the reality that that I feel. And that's kind of my general emotions right now for everybody wondering how I feel. If y'all think that it's a Nets thing, it's it's some some of this is bigger than a Nets thing to me because I'm just fucking over it. Like I got my own kid. I got my own bills. I got my own career. I'm, I'm a man that has to deal with all these things. And to hear men my age just in their own bubble that lack complete responsibility during, again, a recession, people. Like shit's going down. Like we actually have a lot of problems. That's the real fucking issue. But that's all I wanted to say. That's really like I had to get that part off my chest because I just feel what you was injured ran when I'm about to run out real quick. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. I I just thought you were being funny. I I just thought thought you were being funny. I could keep going complaining about millionaires. Uh, There's going to be people that start saying, get him off his soapbox if I do. But it, that's that's honestly the biggest issue. Not to give away the whole Nets uh, propaganda pod that we will do. It's just how out of touch are you people that you think that we give a fuck that you're happy or not when you're making money that we can only dream of? Like there are people, real people that are in their 30s that have never made over 40000 or $50,000 in their life. There's people in their 60s that never sniffed $80,000 a year. And you want these regular people. Not only do you talk down to these regular people, because we're just too stupid to understand collective bargaining agreements, showing again that you think the only fucking union that exists are players unions, that and, that and we, we just can't and, understand. And like I always say, we pay your bills. So anyway, let's, let's, yeah. let's, I'm, I'm sorry, but hey, thank you, Brett. But that's, that's all I really wanted to get off this because, because I trust me. It, it, oh, personal shit with Brett. I had to let him do this. This has been brewing for for a long time. So if I tried to stop him, he might have reached his hand through the screen and strangled <laughs> me like Bart Simpson. So I yeah, also no. also because we're gonna talk about the Sean Watson, right? And and there's a whole human aspect that me and Brett have always covered. We're like, yo, if this is true, it's fucked up. We don't even sugarcoat it. So there's that layer that me and Brett, when we talk about the fun stuff, that we don't act, we don't downplay the real life situation of it. I just feel like so many people that, that do what we do for money that just act like this is so deep, so complex. This is because I tell Brett this. I cover politics. That's what politicians do. They act like it's too complex to get into the weeds of it now because people just won't understand. Fuck you. Like, what do you mean we won't understand? Like, what education do you have that you think that we don't have when we're talking about, especially sports? Because people do that in, in, when it comes to municipalities and counties and states. And, and uh, Yeah, don't, don't, don't. All right, because then you're going to get me on a rant. Don't go. Don't, let's not go there. Let's move yeah, on. It's the one where we don't have a time frame. We can you know actually- what? You know what? That's a perfect transition. We're talking education. We're talking sports. Let's talk college, right? College football, this is probably the besides the next hoopla. This is the biggest story out right now. 
USC, UCLA. Well, in sports, obviously, no, not in the world. Okay. <laughs> I see, there's a couple of wars yeah, going on. I think the world, if you didn't know, the world on fire, actually. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the sun. This is the building next to me burning down. That's how. Oh, yeah. That's a nuke behind me. Uh, right. Actually the, world is, the world is collapsing as we know it. But in the world of sports. But these poor athletes, man, they're just not happy. In the world of sports, college football is also crumbling before our eyes. UCLA and USC are going to the Big Ten. A sentence I never thought I would ever say, but here we are, we're saying. Hold on. The, the world of college sports is burning. The good old boys club is trying to maintain their power. Bro, I thought you said you didn't want me to be political. Stop me being political. I'm, I can't be political all the time and talk about these good old boys club. Talk about the good old boys club. <laughs> like, okay? Come on, man. Ah. Uh. I like how you your transition from my rant about the real world was to go to the most exploited athlete. Yeah, I thought that's why I said it's a great transition. It's a great transition. You want to talk about? Fuck, oh yeah, fuck these pro athletes. You know who's not getting paid like pro athletes? <laughs> you know who's mad that they are getting paid like pro athletes? Heads of colleges. <laughs> um. So yeah, this is to me. I'm very sad about this. USC, and, and by the way, we are, I know I'm wearing my Ohio University shirt, but me and Charles are diehard Rutgers fans. We benefit from this happening. I hate this. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I called this back in 2013, back when the Big East crumbled. And I said, you guys opened up Pandora's box. Sooner or later, all the rest of these conferences are going to fall. I thought it was going to be the ACC for a number of reasons. One, all the bad Big East teams, most of them went to the ACC. So that was one. It was like, all right, so you're not making it better. You're just moving the bad product somewhere else. And two, the ACC already was probably the second worst conference to the Big East. If it wasn't for Clemson, I think the ACC would have been collapsed. That's that's just my opinion. If, if Clemson did not put the ACC on its back for like the past decade or so now, like the ACC would have been collapsed. Um, we saw it last year with Oklahoma and Texas. The Big 12 is basically done. And now USC and UCLA, the two most important, well, really, you know, if that's UCLA, USC is leaving the Pac-10, you know, the most important school in the, in the Pac-10. And so the Pac-10 is about to be done. Um, Besides maybe Oregon. But see, Oregon. I'm just saying there's a whole generation of kids younger than us because we grew up with Oregon being competitive. They see Oregon like somebody older than us might see USC. Right. So that's all I'm saying that for. Like, to, to, there's a whole generation younger than us that but, they're saying like but, they're not the biggest team. You know what I mean? Like, well, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, I'm talking about this. I'm, yeah. I'm talking. I'm talking. Well, really Nike, Oregon, Oregon is Nike essentially. Right. Um. But but and that's the funny thing. Oregon apparently the Big Ten doesn't even really want them, which is weird to me. Um. We we originally thought that Oregon and Washington would be the next ones to go to the Big Ten because you get that Seattle market. And everything else, and you get the Nike money. You get um, you get Oregon. Like, let's be real. Like, that's a real yeah, Oregon, thing. of course. But there's reports that are saying the Big Ten doesn't really want Oregon. Now, granted, that might be an education thing. I don't know how good the University of Oregon is um, academically. I know the Big Ten has a standard for academics. Every school in the Big Ten, including USC and UCLA, are premier uh, academic schools. They are the. The Big Ten prides itself on not just getting good football teams, but getting good academic schools. So I can see them going for a Stanford before they go for it or Oregon. 
especially since they already have a shit ton of money. Stanford would just help boost the academic credibility of the conference. And it's and it's not like it's a bad football team uh, either. You know what I mean? Um, so I might see that why, but I still think that's weird that Oregon isn't really being invited. And real quick, because uh, this is from yesterday, uh, I'll read this is from CBS, uh, you know, their NCA football coverage, which we can also get into because as a, as a casual fan, I find it hilarious that there's this umbrella of the NCAA and all these conferences when in my life, this all seemed meaningless to me. It's all seemed just like money changing hands that don't actually mean something until you see it in the other sports. And I'm not saying I have this, uh, anything where to go with that. I'm being, I'm being honest with everybody listening and watching that it's, it, it's, is it just money? Because besides oh, yeah. football, this is gonna fuck up basketball, like like the Big East, and, that, and that's my and that's my point. That's why I hated this. Oh yeah, okay, real quick. Yeah, Big Ten ahead, University presidents voted Thursday night at the time of recording. That's like three days ago or two days ago. Uh, night to accept the application of USC and UCLA to join the conference, marking a seismic shift on the collegiate athletics landscape. The Trojans and the Bruins will leave the Pac-12 for their new league in 2024 as the Big Ten expands from coast to coast with a move that rivals the SEC's poaching of Oklahoma and Texas from the Big 12 last year. The upcoming move comes as the Pac-12's media rights deal is set to expire in 2024, and while the Big Ten is negotiating a new media rights deal that could exceed, get ready for this, $1 billion annually. As for the Pac-12, the shift puts the league and its commissioner, George Kalafnikov, in, in a precarious position. Thursday marked his one-year anniversary on the job. Yeah, that's a tough year, bro. USC and UCLA are two of the Pac-12's most valuable brands, both in terms of success and visibility. Their entries into the Big Ten will create a second super conference along with the expanding SEC. Both will stand at 16 teams after USC and UCLA move to the Big Ten as Texas and Oklahoma enter the SEC, which is slated to happen in 2025. So that's super interesting. This is going to happen before... The last time we covered this, I didn't know that. I just read that and learned that with you guys. Yeah. So that's that's jarring right. to me. So, I would have thought it would at least been time wise, but that's crazy. So they did this right before a media deal. That's well, right, and that's what and that's what happened. The Pac twelve, the Pac, uh, USC knew that the Pac ten network deal was going to fall through. Right, it's, they're not going to get the value that they were looking for, so they decided to leave, go to the Big Ten, and because of this. Like you said, they're they're expecting to get over one billion. So every team or every school in the conference should be making over a hundred million dollars annually just off TV revenue, which is why you're doing it. Which is why I said, as a Rutgers fan, I should love this because that helps my school, right? That's going to help my school make. Well, no, but like seriously, our school. Well, yes, I, I actually went there, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry. Our my, my team, my team, my my favorite team. Not even. I don't know who this is going to help. I'm a Jersey journalist, so maybe I'll look into it. But as, as far as reality goes, I don't know how much is going to go to the school. Hopefully a lot does. I'm not oh, saying we nothing. Knew it. We know it's going to go to the athletic department. I'm talking about the athletic department. Oh, but that's, that's, the, that's what I don't – I don't know if it's going to help because one of the biggest conversations me and you have had since we started recording about Rutgers is how kids will go to USC uh, over Rutgers just because they get out. Oh, of the well, see, see, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I'm gonna get it. I'm trust me. I, I wrote it all down. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh God, Brett came with notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get into all that. So go ahead, bro. I'm gonna get into all that. So here's the thing. I hate this because it's ruining the rest of college sports. Just like the Big East got broken up, 
over football. The Pac-12 game broke up over football. And here's the problem with that. That's a dangerous game we're playing because you're assuming football will always and forever be the number one sport. It hasn't been. It is now. And it probably won't be in the future. And matter of fact, because of these super conferences and everything else, I feel like you're heading for that inevitability faster than it would have naturally occurred because of that. If they you know what's to- funny about you saying it's not going to be the future? I remember saying three years ago on an Intuitive Truth pod we did that the NFL is going to be is hurt. And, and, you know, I might have been uh, partaking in some self-medication. But what I meant when I said that, because it's one of those things that, like, no one remembers, but I remember it makes me cringe that I said it. Because I said it wrong. I didn't mean the NFL was hurting as a brand. I meant football and uh, American football is going to be hurting in the future because there's no way this is long term anymore. You, 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 you take advantage of the youth that needs a way out of wherever they are, the same way the military does. And deals like this, to your point, they're, they're lucrative now. But 20 years ago, and we were talking about this this week with NBA free agency, when I was in high school, not even 20 years ago, when I was in high school, a max contract in the NBA was five years, $35 million. There's players making double digits more than that in one year now. With that being said, basketball, some people argue that basketball is actually the number two sport now, not baseball, even though baseball still makes a lot of money. And football is still king. The problem with, with people that think this is a forever thing is, King 100 years ago, a century from right now, July 1922, would have been horse racing and boxing. That's how much our collective zeitgeist has changed in sports in a century. So the act like this is forever. And it can't change again. And, And the problem with this is you're, especially in college sports, especially in college sports, You are ruining what makes college sports, not just football, but college sports fun, the rivalries, the traditions. That's part of it. You can't tell me that football is so important that some of our local regional rivalries need to be destroyed forever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that can't happen. So, for instance, they're talking about North Carolina is actually like the next one of the next blue chippers that Charles has to leave for a second. Well, I'll explain it to you guys. They're talking about North Carolina being one of the next blue chippers that has to be, that's going to be absorbed either by, probably by the SEC. But again, it's a highly academic school, so the Big Ten's thinking about bringing them in as well. They might not bring Duke with them. So you're telling me one of the greatest rivalries in American sports history we did a whole podcast on, on the best rivalries in American sports, and UNC and Duke was up there. That might not be a thing anymore because of football, right? A college basketball rivalry, which, by the way, if we're talking about history of, of sports, there's more college basketball rivalries that are bigger than college football rivalries. Notre Dame and oh, USC. Yeah. Notre Dame and USC is big to Notre Dame and USC fans. Outside of those fans, nobody gives a shit. You're watching North Carolina and Duke. Even if you don't even watch college basketball like that, if North, if North Carolina and Duke are both highly ranked and they're playing on a Saturday night game, you're going to watch that game. That's a huge rivalry in our zeitgeist, and that might be gone because of football. And the, that, the only football rivalry, college football rivalry that I can try to throw, and I'm trying to be objective. I'm trying to take away my own biases and all that. The only one that's up there to me as a dude from Jersey 
which is a casual college fan as you can get, right? Over here in the tri-state. Uh, you have Duke and North Carolina in, in college ball, college hoops. For college football, the Iron Bowl, maybe one of the Florida rivalries, like as the, as yeah, the biggest the, rivalry. Yeah, the Iron Bowl. I mean, some people say Ohio State-Michigan, but Ohio State has dominated that so much. That's just a rivalry just for tradition. Yeah, but that still counts. I'll, I'll, I'll still count that. But, but, that, but, but, see, yeah, but, that's, my, but that's my point. Even in our as, – as big as college football is, the college football – like the Red River rivalry, Oklahoma-Texas, that's big too. But those rivalries aren't as big as some of the college basketball rivalries. You know but, I mean? but, but they're also – or they're intertwined. Like the Red River uh, rivalry – I'm not going to say that right now. <laughs> like that one is in basketball too. Like it's, it's funny because it's, it's funny which ones transcend both sports because the Florida ones, I think, are in both sports. Like no matter which Florida school is playing in what sport, it's a rivalry. Right. Um, no one cares about North Carolina Duke on the gridiron. No one cares. And, right. and, and that's me saying that I have a Duke quarterback. Uh, he, has a, he has a North Carolina quarterback. It's risky, yeah. like, and we don't care. Like, and just to be fair, just to show what Brett's means about how it's hurting other sports that are lucrative, when it comes to college hoops, me and Brett care about Seton Hall. Like, we don't care it's about Seton Hall football. It's don't get it twisted. We, we'll support y'all Seton Hall football, if you know what I mean. They don't like, have a football team. Exactly. But we would support you. We would support you. <laughs> but, like, but that's what, so. They don't have a football team? No, they don't have a football team. First of all, you know how big the campus is? <laughs> they don't even have it. I'm only pass it by your house, bro. Like, I, what, what am I up there for? Like, yeah, but, I mean, but, yeah, you probably passed it three times and didn't even notice. But, yeah, like. No, so I did because they have a steep-ass hill for no reason. Like, Yeah, it's like, so that's the problem, right? We're putting all these eggs in the college football basket. And you might say, well, that's fine. 50 years from now, <clears throat> if college basketball retakes this claim as the number one seed, we can always reshift the conferences back to fit basketball. But like, but again, you know, that means you're constantly rechanging stuff that's been there for forever. And I'm not one of those guys like, oh my God, you should never have change. But it's got to be good change. There's a difference between, you know, allowing everybody to work and get married and, and to say, oh, let's destroy this time-old traditional rivalry because one sport right now is making more money than the others. Sorry, I'm smirking because I was like, I'm like, I know I got semi-political at the beginning. I was like, oh, you're just, we're just torching objectivity. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that there's a huge difference between like social changes and like sports changes in terms of like, that's what makes the sport so popular. Oh, that's, this one is money. It, that's this is and it's, and it's and it's completely money. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not even, let's not even bullshit this. This is all about money. And like I said, as Rutgers fans, we should be happy about this because it, it's going to help our team bring in more money to our to our schools so that we hopefully can get a better football team. Yo, I guess elitist hypocrisy is actually the theme of our, our finale. Because I started off with the players, right? And there's gonna be something like, why don't you go after the owners? Well, we, this is this is going after this is it because we, me and Brett have been champions of you should be able to get paid off your own existence because it's your name. It's your likeness, yada, yada, yada. And the whole argument for what, 20, 30 years now has been, well, you know, amateurism and all this other shit ruined the, the sport. But these these conferences and these presidents at these schools that make six figures to millions are now making more because they're just reassembling the conferences. Does that affect the student athletes? Like, 
There are players out there, student athletes that go to a school because they want to be part of a historic rivalry. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever sport it may be, it could be lacrosse and you could just be like, yo, I want to be in this one because yada, 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 whatever. Again, not everybody's going to go to the league. A lot of college athletes, they do go for those experiences. Uh, Again, I say it all the time. I rep Ohio. I didn't really like Ohio for all the reasons. But the one thing I do miss is going to the football games, the basketball games. That was an experience. Playing Miami of Ohio, which was our rival. Playing Marshall, which was our rival. That, that, that. That camaraderie that you get when you play in your conference is huge. If Ohio were to leave, and by the way, I did ask, I did write a paper years ago saying Ohio should try to go to the Big the Big 12 back when they were trying to expand. But Ohio is different from Ohio State. Imagine Ohio State and Michigan not being a thing anymore. Even though Ohio, Michigan fans, you should be happy because maybe you can win a fucking game. But that, that, that's huge. You know what I mean? That like you can't just continue to just break stuff up and put them back together in different places. I mean, yeah, you need to stop life. throwing stones in the glass house. You just called yourself a Rutgers fan. You're, talk, you, you're swinging up at Michigan is all I'm pointing out. Like, Damn right. <laughs> like, but, like Ohio, Ohio's been running the conference. Let's be real. Of course. And so, so, now, so now let's get into this, right? So what's next? Here's why it is good. USC might be better. First of all, poor Lincoln Riley. He he went to USC because he was trying to escape that SEC smoke, and now he's got to deal with Big Ten smoke. He's like, bro, I just wanted to dominate my conference. What? Come on, man. <laughs> or so, maybe he went knowing this was on the horizon. Like, nah, like I, I don't think I don't think they I don't think they thought that far through it. Yeah. Well, you don't know because part of the sell because it's not like the bottom half of the Pac-12 and the bottom half of the Big Ten is some huge discrepancy. Let's be real. I'll, I'll, I'll say that if they're, if they're going east-west like they've been doing so far, the west isn't that good. Wisconsin's probably the only good team. Uh, you know, Iowa's usually up and down. They're pretty good. Per, no, not Purdue. Um, what's the other one? Nebraska sometimes is okay. But for the most part, the Big Ten West sucks. Illinois, Minnesota, Purdue. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else is in the west. Indiana. They're usually not that good. The Big Ten East is the better is the better division for sure. USC and UCLA. East is Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers, and Indiana. And the West is Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue, Illinois, Nebraska, Northwestern. Now, if both of those get added to the West, the two ones that would move East most likely would be what? I don't know. Where is Purdue? Where is actually Purdue? Purdue is in Indiana, I think. So I'm guessing it would be. Purdue and Wisconsin or Wisconsin and Iowa that would move or actually Illinois, probably Illinois and, and one of the other ones would be two of the teams moving East. Cause I'm assuming Northwestern staying in the West, the Nebraska would stay in the West. Minnesota would stay in the West between Iowa, Wisconsin and Illinois. Well, that wouldn't, I wouldn't only one have to move, right? If you're adding two, you would just have to move one, right? No, but you want to, but both of the Cali teams would be in the West. Right. But that's what I'm saying. One, you wouldn't add two teams to the east, would you? You would just add one. Oh, no, I'm saying don't add. Uh, I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to do the math there. You want oh. eight, you want eight and eight. How how many schools are in the east right now? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Right. So you would just move one. Okay. You would just move, which one. is probably Illinois. Illinois, right? Probably. Um, but yeah, at least so, you, like that makes the most sense is Illinois. Right. But I'm also admitting I don't know geographically where Northwestern or Purdue actually is on a map. Well, Northwestern is right outside of Chicago. Um, Purdue is somewhere in Indiana. 
then Illinois and Northwestern could both be up for grabs. Because Illinois is more east than Wisconsin and Iowa, correct? Yeah. I'm I, would, not I would assume so. The Midwest is where I always fail. Oh, bro. The funny part about – And I said I went to Ohio. I, would, I should know this a little bit better, but I don't. <laughs> you want to know something funny about uh, east-west in the NBA? I think uh, New Orleans is more east than Chicago. Technically, if you're actually looking at a map, New Orleans is closer to us just, you know, traveling that way than Chicago is. And I just, when I heard that and looked at a map because it it sounds wrong, but it's right. In a sports context, it just sounds wrong. And then when you, if you, anyone that actually knows where our 50 states are, the second you look at it in your head, you're like, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's right. You're right. The golf is right there. Like, Right, it's like, wait a minute, yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, so, I mean, so USC can be competitive, but here's the funny thing about this, right? You brought this up. This might screw a team like Rutgers because now USC is a direct competitor, right? You might have been able to say, hey, we're in the Big Ten, they're in the Pac-12. If you go to USC, you might never make the college football playoffs. Now you can't even say that because they're in the Big Ten. So so you could get more people going to USC just because they're a direct competitor with what you already have to deal with in Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, all this other stuff. On the other hand, I can see where this would be a downfall for USC recruiting-wise because that's a terrible schedule. Imagine being in L.A. in October and then you got to fly to freaking Champaign, Illinois, and it's, you know, 40 degrees outside. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what kid really wants to do that. Like, that – because. It's such a because I think they have such an unfair schedule compared to everybody else in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, you're going to be cold throughout the whole year, so you can at least get used to it. That's hard to go from hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Like first of all, the amount of players are going to get sick doing that shit. The amount of times they're just going to be unprepared for that. Especially USC usually recruits Southern California kids, so now you're telling them, "Hey, in November." You can be in Columbus, Ohio, and it's going to be snowing, which some of you may, may, may have never seen in your life, by the way. And, and and you're playing for the conference on the line. That sounds so weird to me. Like, I know it's true. I know there's there's people that live and die never actually seeing snow. Like, I understand that that's a reality in, in our country, not the world, just like literally the country you live in. But that being said, I just, especially when it comes, I'll, I'm giving the West Coast some props here, right? At least the football players that come out of Cali and Texas, they're built to travel. But for the most part, like mentally, I'm saying mentally, they're like, no, man, I'm going to go there and fuck you up. Like, that's how they're they, they might not actually be built for it. I, we know that from experience of USC quarterbacks. But right. That's what I'm thinking. Right. But besides the quarterback position, USC quarterbacks, I don't, you don't play a well wide receiver for, for the Trojans that thinks if it's snowing in wherever they're playing, they're not like, yo, I'm about to rack it up on y'all because because that's how that's how football works you think you're gonna run over me because it's cold outside like it, that's a whole attitude of the sport i don't know i get what you mean in a very uh literal sense like like the actual uh, it, it happening when it when it, once the whistle blows but as far as the kids that are leaving high school and signing up for the for the trojans or the bruins i i, I think they're they would be too naive and have that that hunger thinking that that's, well that's, I, that's not me yeah, like, because we're true. talking like dudes that have actually experienced this weather, especially growing up here, that we know what it means. If you don't know what snow is, you only see it in the movies and you only see it in football games. Like, if you're not a quarterback, 
You don't give a shit. Like, if you're a running back, let's be real. If you're from California and all the running backs you study and all the cool running back games that exist at highlights-wise, in your head you're like, oh, they're not going to throw the ball. I'm going to run all over y'all. Until you're actually out there and you're like, and why does my skin hurt? Right, until <laughs> like, you can't feel your fingers. And it's like, and you keep fumbling the football because it's like, I, I can't. I don't know what to bro, do. Bro, we forget about it. We live here. And then they're like, they're like oh, we're going to get snow. Oh, yeah, cool. We're going to get off. You know, like, we don't have to go into work as before. Obviously, everybody can work remotely. And, and, and then it snows and all of us are like, why the fuck do we want this? Right. Like, this, is, like, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm, so you don't don't discount the ignorance that a 17 year old that's, has. That, that's very true that's very true the night the naivety of a 17 year old the innocence let's be real like yeah, that's innocence. a little bit of innocence that exists in them yeah it's like it's like all right yeah i can i can play in, in michigan in november that's not gonna be bad mm. and it's vice versa too there's plenty of kids from the midwest and up here that go down to florida and realize yo i do not like this heat yeah very true like that, that it does exist both ways. That's so very that's, true. that's the only thing that I, I, I think. Yeah, we might not. I think the Cali kids might. Well, reconfer- I, I guess my, I guess my point is, if USC is not successful because of that, right? Where it's like they always start off hot, but then once it gets cold, they can't compete with everybody else. Does that hurt them in the long term in recruiting? No, because I think now the Jersey kids and the New York kids are more likely to go to USC, knowing they're going to get a game at home. Because I think it hurts what they're traditional recruiting like what you alluded to that they mostly get uh, uh, southern cali kids i think that'll dwindle some of them will go either north to oregon or or east to arizona and and, and, and programs like that or nevada and stuff like that and but usc is going to benefit from all the new yorkers and tri-state kids that are like wait not only do i get to go out west and hang out in the sun but i can come home and ball out at home okay that's true that's true. It'll, Same it'll, for Chicago. Like I might, think a lot more it, Chicago kids are going to be like, wait, 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 wait. I can go to Northwestern, start my journalism degree, and then transfer, and my I might be on the Trojans. That's true. It might balance itself out. That's a very good point. That's a very very good point. But so what's next, right? We know Notre Dame's a big chip. It's hard for them. It's going to be hard for them to get out of ACC play because they, I think the buyout is one hundred fifty million dollars. That's a lot. How are they making all this money when it's all about amateurism and the spirit of the game? No, 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 no. It would, it would cost $150 million for them to leave. I know, but I want to know where these numbers are coming from because this is supposed to be amateur sports. Oh, right. So where are these numbers coming from? So there's a lot of different things. They're saying the Big 12 might become the third biggest conference because they'll take some from the ACC and the Pac-12 and stuff like that. Um, the SEC, a lot of people are talking about, oh, or there might be two huge super conferences. I don't Okay, real well. quick, because you actually, Brett, you you know more about this situation than I do. I, I want to throw something out there that I just thought of because it seems like a logical step to get to with college football. Not every sport, but college football specifically, right? You know in world football, like, there's a meritocracy. There's uh, the main league that we'll call it the Premier League for all the casual fans. There's a Premier League, then there's a league under that, and then there might be like three, four other leagues under that. And if you suck, you go down. If you're good, you go up. Why doesn't college implement this? Because hypothetically, I'm just being serious. Because you already have that with D1 and D2. No, no, not necessarily with D1 and D2. I don't mean that. I mean the conferences of D1. So, like, so the, the Big Ten, it could be the Big Ten, the SEC up top. And then if you suck in these divisions, you go down to the Pac-12 
and, and the big 12 or whatever the other one is out in the Southwest. Like, that's what I mean. That type of meritocracy that, okay, you're not you're getting this, the big 10 we or might, we might get there. I don't know. Um, you're get this big 10 money. If you suck granted, well, well, I'm putting I'll, my own. I'm going to answer that question. So everybody's talking about the two super conferences that those two conferences are going to basically absorb everybody. That's probably not going to happen because even with all the money being thrown around financially and fiscally, you just cannot support that many teams. So a lot of people think it will cap out at 20, right? The Big Ten will get four more schools. The SEC will get four more schools. They'll be the elite of the elites um, with 20 schools. And then, again, either the Big 12 will absorb everything or the those three conferences will just fizzle out, depending on what they decide to do. Um, so the question is, what schools? Notre Dame is obviously the big one. They could either join the ACC full-time or they could join the Big Ten. Notre Dame right now still wants to be independent because they like being independent because um, they make independent money, which is great because they have their own NBC deal. Um, but they might have to move to a conference at some point because it might just might not, not make sense for them to be independent anymore. We don't know. Um I think they would rather go to the Big Ten if they if they could. But again, they're already tied to the ACC and every other sport but football, and it will cost a lot of money to get out of that. Clemson probably might go to the SEC, and they'll probably take North Carolina with them. I mentioned that before. Uh, Oregon and Washington are, are trying to get to the Big Ten. There's so much going on. Here's one thing I might suggest and this is just for fun for shits and giggles oh and by the way here's a fun fact that's hilarious the pac 12 president and i believe the acc president both voted against the 12 team playoff last year and i know right now they're probably like fuck me <laughs> so that's funny um but here's something if this is a big if if notre dame does go decide to go to the acc what i think should happen is the best schools in the ACC, the best schools in the Big 12, and the best schools in the Pac-12 should just all come together and create a different conference. Like, that's what I think they should do. They should just, you know, Clemson, Miami, Florida State, Notre Dame, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and then, you know, Oregon, Washington, uh, the two Arizona schools, what Stanford, whatever. They should come together and just create whatever kind of conference they want to create just have the 12 teams, but at least it's 12 really good teams. And you could at least say to yourself, we're not as big as these other conferences, but we should still be considered for the college football playoff because we have 12 really good schools and we all play each other every year. I mean, so the winner of that conference would be good, should be able to stack up against some of the elites of the other conference. I think number one, get rid of all these numbers because they're fucking meaningless. Big 10, Pac-12, like, let's just stop with numbering these conferences. Just give them names. Like, like right, and that's what I'm saying. They would they they combine the creative. Well, yeah, but I just mean in general. It, it's all, like tradition. The it, United Conference, whatever. How come, I want to know how come we have to keep tradition when it comes to names, but in practice, we don't got it. Because if we were, if, if with these moves, they grandfathered in the rivalries, like the rivalries that you want to keep, that the, the schools look at as part of their heritage, then, then no one would really be complaining. Let's be real. Everyone would be like, okay, well, whatever. The problem is twofold, that you're just shitting over history when you just said for the last 30 years that's what was the most important thing was. And 
You're impacting other sports, not only other sports, but other money sports. Because we always hear, well, are we going to pay the lacrosse girls soccer team uh, the same money we're paying the quarterback? Yes, because once again, people that act like sports are the most complex thing of all time. Like, or the football team moves conference and the basketball team stays put. And y'all could just figure out the paperwork because y'all are too lazy to admit that it's a money thing. Like, it's not a school thing. When I joined Rutgers when they joined the Big Ten. It was a big deal. It was cool. All that stuff. It was good for all the sports, essentially. So it was a good move. That's These because, moves. That's only because the Big, the big East disintegrated anyway. We had, yeah, to, but, we had to make it. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, if there was a if, – if they recreated the Big East in basketball and then the Rutgers men's and women's basketball teams weren't in the Big Ten – they were in the Big East. Who are these people that can't handle like, oh my God, this is so confusing. You know what I mean? Like, what is what are we talking about? That's the only thing that gets me about this. What I alluded to earlier when I said it's like politics, they just try to act like it's so complicated you'll never get it. That usually means they're doing some shady shit and it's money. The answer is money. The answer is I'm not doing it right. It's money and misconduct. But so I just don't want to explain because then you might realize that it's money and misconduct. And at the end of the day, this is just legal misconduct because no way was this move done thinking about the basketball teams. Like, like maybe it was, but not really. Like, once again, the Big Ten's different because the two oh, teams you, that are joining. Oh, again, you know what's funny? Football-wise, nobody cares that UCLA is going to the Big Ten. Basketball-wise, UCLA is one of the premier programs in college sports history. Right. So, again, UCLA is losing its rivalry with Arizona and all these other Pac-12 schools. Like, but I'm not going to pretend like I know all the Pac-12. I don't I could care less about the Pac-12. I'm an East Coast. I'm an East Coast guy. Um, but the point of the matter is I still know that UCLA and Oregon is a thing. And you know, I mean, stuff like that, like that, that those are getting lost and like. U.S. UCLA and what Wisconsin's going to be the next big? You know what I mean? Like that's just stupid. That doesn't even make fucking sense. Like why do we let? Why do we hate Wisconsin? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't even know. <laughs> it's like we just play them. And and, and, and uh, there's no. This isn't attracting new fans. Like no one's going to be like, oh, I'm going to check out Rutgers versus UCLA now, or Indiana versus USC. That wasn't already going to be into it. So, so the, it's just money. Like, that's all we're talking about. That's kind of what, at least how I understood it before, what Brett alluded to, that this is like the beginning of the downfall. Because when you're just making all these monetary moves. Yeah, it's going to get too convoluted. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's going to get too convoluted and people are going to stop. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you're being so greedy that you don't realize you're rushing towards the end right now. College football might have been number one for another 50 years. Now, I think I don't see it being number one past another 20. Because I'm telling you, as a fan, it's going to be so stupid watching this now. Where it's like, yo. This part about the conversation we're having. Like, in the NBA, there's like an international audience to it. I've even shown you analytics when we talk about certain things. NBA and MMA, that gets, some, some for whatever reason, other people outside the tri-state area, in the, outside the United States, will click on our stuff just to hear it. When it comes to college football, it is so American that that there's this arrogance to it that it's permanent because it makes money now. And it's just crazy to me 
Because, like, as an American that is super into sports, I am a super fan. By most people's definitions, I am more into my sports than the casual fan would be, whether it's the Nets, the Giants, or even pro wrestling. I'm more into it. And I'm and when I take the step back, whenever there's these situations that are clearly just for money, not saying the players shouldn't go for their money, not saying that coaches shouldn't go, like individuals, sure, we expect it at this point. At least when you're grown, you expect it. But when the, like the institution is just fucking up the things we like about the sport, rivalries, that's what makes sports. That's what like, sports. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like the, the funniest part about uh, the, me and Brett have talked about the Nets changing their name and how that could have impacted certain things, right? Right now, the Brooklyn Nets' main rival seems to be, not the Knicks, the Celtics. There's a history there. If the Nets were to move again, even if they move back to Jersey, say it's a lateral move back to New Jersey, but they change the name, it's different. It just feels different because it's not the same thing as it was before. Dude, unless you're, unless you're going to tell me that Rutgers is like a top 10 school every year and our new rival is USC and you can do the East Coast, West Coast thing. First of all, it's Rutgers. Okay, sign me up. But unless you're going to tell me that's what we're going to get out of this, who cares? Because first of all, Ohio State, USC, that was kind of already a rivalry anyway. So like, that's not really going to ch- move the needle. But like, is it like, like okay? Besides, when there's two quarterbacks or superstars, not quarterbacks, but superstars in general, like is Ohio State versus USC getting the international audience or an international? Like the national audience, like is that really one of those games that like oh well, well USC Ohio is happening or is it just that those are two of the biggest clubs programs in the country and no matter who they play the same audience is tuning in so you combine those two audiences and it's a big number because I check out Alabama games like I check out yeah I, I brought up the Iron Bowl I have no connections to Alabama there's no family there it's just I like Nick Saban. I like the the old school college, uh, the old school football that that college always puts out with their heavy run game and just punch you in the mouth defense. That appealed to me when I started getting into college sports. Am I a front runner in it? Of course I am, because I'm not from there. With that being said, if Alabama were to leave the SEC, they would never do that. Well, USC just moved. So, like, you know what I mean? What decade are we talking about? Because in 10 years, if Alabama just falls off, if Nick Saban leaves, they fall the fuck off. And then, but, but Auburn's good. And Auburn decides, you know what? Join the Big Ten. The Iron Bowl isn't a thing anymore. Like, we already have diluted. Because I don't, listen, kids out there, there used to be these books called encyclopedias. Before <laughs> Wikipedia, they were actually books that you had to look up shit, right? And they were one of the first things I learned how to read. And one of the coolest things that were in there to me as a kid that was just into everything that was sports was they listed not only all the bowl games, but when they started and the winners since. And after a certain year, it was clear they just, you know, multiplied. And I remember asking my dad, because he was the one in the the football in general. I was like, why are there so many? He was just like money. Like the, the, the ones that count, it is what he told me back then that from a 1986 encyclopedia I was reading in the 90s. He's like, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Iron Bowl, and there's another one. But the, the, those three and four are like the real ones, and every all the other ones just popped up. And now, at least with the playoffs, there's been a resurgence of the bowl games that matter. They kind of made them matter again. But to 
I'm not a kid. I'm in my 30s. They never mattered to me. They, I never tuned in just because it was a bowl. Because they, they warded it down out of their own fucking sponsorship greed. Right. Unless, unless your team's playing it, you're not watching. Yeah, but that's the problem. That like At least in the NFL and the NBA, for the most part, unless your team got hurt like ours did two years ago, like you just watch to see who wins the, the, their respective divisions or whatever. Same with baseball. Most baseball fans will watch – the, the, the series, no matter who's playing in it, even though that's even more local sport than most other North American sports. With college, like, the gamblers watch. That's it. No one gives a shit about bowl games. And it's sad. I'm not, like, the kids that play in it, it matters. The, the fans of those schools, it matters. But the greed of all these executives led it to so that – can you name three Sugar Bowl winners? Oklahoma, and that's because I'm a fan. You're just guessing. You're like, oh, you're just thinking. No, Oklahoma did win one. Oh, they won one. Cool. Yeah, but that's because I'm a fan, so I knew that. I'm like the Rose, but like the Rose Bowl used to mean like an the actual like, oh, we're playing in the yeah, Rose. The granddaddy of them all. Yeah, I know. I hated that. Uh, but, I and and that doesn't it. exist anymore. Why? Well, greed. But it is what it is, and I feel like we're going to be talking about this more in the years to come. As long yeah, as you're not burning, because apparently all these millionaires like to pretend like their issues and and their problems in their sport are the most complex and dire in the whole world, not realizing the rest of the world's on fire. Yeah, which is which I just want to keep re- repeating because like I know y'all understand it, but like it's crazy hearing some of this news while we are paying seventy bucks to fill up our our fucking buckets. <laughs> And, and then these guys are like, "Yours is only 70 Yeah, well, you, hey, you should have got that fucking car last year. Wait, well, I, I, yeah, because I knew that was gonna be five hours to, today. <laughs> oh, I, my Ultima cost seventy bucks to fill up. That sounds insane. Anybody my age, you, I said Ultima. They were like, like even a Maxima back in the day. It's like, what do you, what do you say, seventy or seventeen? Which one are you saying? If I time travel right now, and I was like. Back when we thought it was the worst in the Bush era, it was like, you know how much gas is going to be in the 20s? And they're like, excuse me, you said the 20s? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> like, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. <laughs> you like horror movies? Because it's a doozy. But yeah, is there so- a nuclear war? I'm like, oh, man, that'd be much simpler than what's going on. <laughs> uh, so let's move on to, to professionals again. Oh, yeah. Did uh, your fake team make a move? Like I, I predicted they would make a move? Yeah, they did. And they got Baker Mayfield. Um, for what? Great. De- I mean, honestly, great deal for them. They've only paid $5 million. Baker had, five. To, five, Baker had to give up 3.5. The Browns paid 10.5. So great deal for them. And they, and they gave up a fifth-round pick that could be a fourth, depending on how much he plays. And, and also, a, and also, it's a twenty two, and it's a twenty twenty four fit. It's not even. And let's not. Okay, so not only are the Panthers and the Browns playing Week One, yes. but the Browns will be paying Baker Mayfield Week One. Yes. To play against the Browns, that's if. He, a, wait, but hold on. That's if he gets the job. So here's my thing about this, right? If I'm, my issue with all this is the owner David Tepper needs to. Make a decision. I hate lame duck coaches. I hate that. If you're if you're basically saying, look, unless a miracle happens, I'm gonna fire you, just fire him. Just fire him. I, I like that's the stupidest thing in the world. Like, oh, you got one more season to win X amount of games, or else you're fired. If I'm if it got to that point, just fire him. 
Because the problem with this is you're giving him... Everybody remember this train of logic when he talks about the Nets. If it's already to this point, just cut the Band-Aid off. Remember that logic. It's two different things. Um, (laughs) Okay. But but, but no, because his other thing, to me, I think David Tepper should give him two more years. You signed him through a seven-year deal. That's your fault. Nobody told you to fucking do that. You signed him to a seven-year deal to get him out of college. Dude has never coached in the NFL. You you thought, you believed in his program-building abilities, which I understand. He built up Temple. He built up Baylor. Um, you, you believed in it, so you gave him seven years to build the program. Well, then you can't get mad after year two that the program is not built to your satisfaction. You got to give him more time. Because here's the thing. They should – because they are close, and I get the frustration. The defense is really good. The, they have weapons, especially if CMC is healthy now. That's a big if. But they have weapons. It's their O-line needs to get better, and they need a quarterback. So I understand the frustration because, like, wow, we're actually very, very close. However, why did you give him a seven-year deal if you weren't going to give him time? And, two, I think they should tank this year to get a quarterback in the draft. This is supposed to be a much better quarterback class, but they're not going to tank. They're going to try to win as many games as possible because Matt Rule has to keep his job. And the worst case scenario to me is they do mess around and win eight or nine games and either barely miss the playoffs or barely make the playoffs because then Matt Rule keeps his job. But now you're stuck with one of these quarterbacks that we know for a fact isn't going to take us to where we need. Where, fun fact, fun fact, since 2018, in the entire National Football League, there's only one quarterback that has thrown more interceptions than Sam Darnold. That man is Baker Mayfield. So the Panthers have the two quarterbacks that have thrown the most interceptions in the league in the last four years. They're both on the same roster. And Baker Mayfield's going to be the starting quarterback, so. Great. I mean, okay, and he's going to be that much better than Sam Darnold? I don't think so. I think so. I don't think so. Okay, so I actually just pulled up their stats compared. Who has played more games? Yeah, cool. I'm asking. I'm asking you. Who has played more games? I'm sure everything is pro Baker except for the interceptions. Intercept? You're right. Just uh, for the most part because, you know, there's tons of stats in front of me. So everything's in favor of Baker, at least how it's highlighted in front of me, guys. Uh, interceptions goes Sam Darnold, 52 to the 56. Uh, longest pass, Sam got 92 yards compared to Baker's 89 yards. I didn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. Quarterback rating is interesting. Uh, Sam's quarterback rating is 78.6, and Baker's is 89.1. I don't know why it's highlighted that way then. And time sacked, Jesus, 134 for Baker to compare to Sam's 133. Yards lost by sack. Sam got 854 yards, and Baker got 889 yards. These guys are really comparable, actually. And everything else is pretty close. Games played, Baker's played 10 more games. Completions, Baker has significantly more completions. Mm. He has uh, 1,185 compared to Sam's 972. Pass attempts, uh, about 300 more pass attempts, over 1,900 to Baker's over 1,600. Completion percentage is better only by a couple uh, percentage points. Mm. And and Baker is right under 62%, so it's not necessarily that great. 
Um, and and, 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 and Sam's under sixty percent. And and the funny thing about that is passing touchdowns is not close though. It's not Baker's close. better. It's, Baker's yeah. way better. But, but ninety two to fifty four. Right. It's not even close. But the funny thing about it is Baker is better than all this stuff. But he had a much better team. Much better team. Yeah, he had Odell Beckham. Right. And so, yeah, he actually had an offensive fucking line. And so this is my and this is my point. Great run game. Great run game. Uh, look, I, you will not find a better DJ Moore fan than me. DJ Moore and Robbie Harrison combined is not as good as, Baker, as Odell Beckham Jr. And yet, Baker, and Jarvis Landry, right? No, 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 no. both like it matters. That no, 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 matter. no, but, but I'm saying just that one receiver is better than DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson combined. And yet, Baker Mayfield decided not to throw it to him. And so, my thing is, Baker Mayfield has better stats simply because he was on a better team. I would love to see Sam Darnold stats if he had those Cleveland teams. Because because here's the thing. Sam Darnold is a gunslinger. We know that. The interceptions would probably still be high, right? But Sam Darnold is bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic, has a better arm, has more arm talent. Sam Darnold is frustrating because when you watch him play, it's like, bro, you have everything there. It's this. You can't see the field. You can't. You, you get very flustered when things are in your face and it's moving too fast. But Sam Darnold on the Browns would have been better, especially since you could have taken the ball out of his hands. You what a sentence. You could, you, could have, you could have ran the ball to calm him down. You could have ran some play action to get him back in the rhythm with some easier throws. And, again, he probably would have still frustrated you with some of the maddening interceptions. But I guarantee you he throws for way more touchdowns. I guarantee you his completion percentage is up. I guarantee you he has all these yards. And I'll, I'll tell you this. If Sam Darnold is on the Browns, the Browns might not have gone all in on Deshaun Watson, who had 22, who had 22 cases against him at the time. We'll get to Deshaun Watson later. But I almost guarantee you if Sam Darnold was on the Browns, the, the Browns wouldn't have been so desperate to get Deshaun Watson. I, I really believe that. I don't believe that. I really believe that. Sam Darnold is not good, man. He's like not, he's not good. And I'm not uh, he's not why good. Why wouldn't the he, Browns but, go after a, a, a such a big upgrade like they did? We're, I just run off the stats. They're so comparable that you yeah, can but, well, look, but that's my but see, that's my point. The reason why the Browns are so frustrated with Baker is because the fact that he has Sam Darnold as stats when his team is football feels better than what anything that Sam Darnold has ever had to work with. And I mean, football feels better. The Jets, the, the, the Browns roster has like all pros at damn near every position on offense. Yeah, but Sam Darnold wouldn't have done a better. I'm not arguing what you're saying. I'm saying that they, the Browns would have still moved Sam Darnold. I don't know that. I don't, I don't, I, the Browns d- gave Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed knowing that this shit was still coming up the pipe. I don't know if they do that to have Sam Darnold because I'm telling you, Sam Darnold would have been frustrating, but he wouldn't have been as bad as Baker Mayfield because that's another thing. Baker Mayfield is also not good in the locker room. Everybody hates him. Everybody. Yeah. From from what we hear, everybody likes Sam Darnold. He's a good dude. He's just not a good quarterback. And and Sam Darnold, to me, would have shown you more flashes of greatness on the Browns than he did with the Jets and the Panthers when he had nothing. Well, not necessarily the Panthers, but especially the Jets. We had nothing going for him. And my point is, Baker is going to get the job not because he's better than Sam Darnold, but because Matt Rule knows he can't win with Sam Darnold. So he's going to hitch his wagon to Baker because he has to, because his job is on the line. And this is another point. 
Baker, there's no way you can convince me that Baker is going to be better in camp than Sam Darnold. You can't convince me that. One, Baker's just now getting there. He's not even, he doesn't even have the playbook yet. Well, as of this recording, he probably does. Right? He's just now getting there. Preseason starts in two weeks. You only got three preseason games. The second preseason game is really when you when you have your starters out there. So you're telling me, unless Sam Darnold is absolutely atrocious in, in training camp, you're telling me Baker's going to come in and just play so much better than Sam Darnold that he earned the job week one? I don't, I don't see that happening. I think it's more likely that Sam Darnold – has a stupidly good preseason game and the Panthers trade him after it, then he, that he just looks that much better. And he's the starter week one in the regular season. That's just my, my, and like the, the, the same, what I think would happen if Sam Darnold even looked good, he's moved. I don't think they traded for Baker to keep Sam. I think they traded for Baker to no, get rid of well, Sam. Well, mm. Because they pay so little for, for Baker, I think they traded for Baker to give it a real QB competition. Now, granted, I'm not saying that Baker won't be the starter throughout the season. I'm saying week one, the only way Baker's the starter is if Matt Rule just said, had already had a, pre- a preconceived notion that I'm going with Baker. Because that's another thing, too, and Bucky Brooks made a good point, and ironically, he used to be a scout for the Panthers. Again, what I said about Sam Darnold, bigger, faster, stronger, throws a better ball, has more arm talent. You can't tell me in training camp and in practice when when guys aren't really trying to beat you, you can't tell me that Sam Darnold's not going to look better than Baker Mayfield. He naturally is. When you see them throw – No, he naturally looks better, but at the same time, the at problem, least – The problem is when you when you play on the game, when you, know, you play a real game and the defense is actually trying to stop you and the defense is actually trying to confuse you and the defense is actually trying to hit you, that's when Sam Darnold looks shook. And so my problem – and again, the lack of time between the two, there's no way you're going to tell me that Baker looks better in that time than Sam Darnold will. That, Sam Darnold's got more chemistry. He's been there a year already, so he already has some chemistry with the team. He's had the playbook longer. By the way, Bob McAdoo on the record is not a a Baker Mayfield fan. So he doesn't think Baker Mayfield fits in his offense. Who cares about Bob McAdoo? No, but but that, that if he has any type of say, you know what I mean? Like that, that does change things, right? Like, again, if I'm Matt Rule and I'm trying to keep my job, hey man, who do you think looks better in the offense? We need to make sure we're scoring points. It's, I I think, and mind you, I understand that you, you know trading a fifth round pick for a backup quarterback isn't even a bad trade. So let me just say that out loud. Like that, that makes sense. I'm saying you're not bringing in Baker specifically to be on the bench behind Sam Darnold. I just don't see that happening. No, and, and I agree. By the years end, Baker will probably be the starter. I'm saying if he starts week one, that just tells me everything I need to know. That tells me that Matt Rule from the jump is like, yo, man, I got I to gotta do whatever I can to keep my job, even if that means to putting the guy in if he's not ready. I just What's not ready, though? Like, how complicated is it going to be by regular season week one after the whole preseason? Like, bro, again, preseason starts in two weeks. Yeah, that's, that's still not crazy that he's going to – because, like, okay – even if you were coming back from an injury, you just got drafted, whatever, preseason didn't even start yet. You still have all of preseason. 
Yeah, but but okay. what else you gotta do? No, but but again, we're now the one thing you can give Baker credit for. This is his, he did have four offense coordinators. This is his fourth offense coordinator already, so he's used to changing, right? But even then, he still had full off seasons to learn the playbook, get that chemistry with his guy, bro. Like that is complicated. You can't just walk in. Like even Cam Newton, even Cam Newton has talked about it, like yo, like that's hard to just walk in get a playbook and just be comfortable with it. Like he's got to get comfortable with it. He's got to know all the cues. He's got to know where people are going to be. He's got to know, he's got to know the, um, the audibles. Like that's all part of it. It's July though. It's the middle of July and it's July 9th. We're recording. This is not the middle when he got traded. That's all I'm saying. Like, but, okay. But Sam Darnold has had the materials in his hands since April. Yeah, but he's been he's been trash since draft. So like I'm not saying that. I'm saying you cannot tell me in training camp when they're both running the same plays, it's naturally going to look better when Sam Darnold runs it. Because he's had the time, because he's got the chemistry, because he knows the playbook, and because when people aren't really trying to make him throw interceptions, he's not gonna throw interceptions. That's my point. He's going to look good in training camp. He might even look better in preseason because he's got that comfortability. There's no way Baker comes in there and just – that's almost impossible. And that's not even a knock on Baker. I'm saying anybody in that scenario, that's a lose-lose situation. You're walking into a situation where you don't have enough time to get this done. You know what I mean? Like, you just don't have enough time to learn it. That's what I'm saying. By the middle of the season, especially if Sam Darnold's not playing well, best believe we will see Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying, if he's trotted out there week one, that tells me everything I need to know. That just means Matt Rule says, screw all this. I'm hitching my wagon to Baker because I got nothing left. And to me, that's what David Tepper's problem, right? They And they, and they did this from the jump. They should have tanked when they first started. They didn't. They re-signed Christian McCaffrey. They brought in Teddy Bridgewater. And again, they were close in a lot of those games. And I get the mindset because Teddy Bridgewater did what he was supposed to do. He didn't turn the ball over. He let the defense do his job. He let Christian McCaffrey do his job. Problem with Teddy Bridgewater is like, okay, but Teddy, it's close. It's close now. I need you to drive us down the field and get that either game-time field goal or game-winning touchdown. And Teddy couldn't do that. So since then, they've been trying to find somebody – to rep one, one replicate what Teddy did, but then do the, the next step. Unfortunately, with Sam, his turnovers are so bad, you didn't even get back to that point where it's like, damn, bro. <laughs> well, damn, bro, like we, we need you to get to this final drive. There is no final drive because he threw you out the game already. Baker's going to do the same thing. He's going to do the same exact thing. Now, if you're telling me, you know, if it's close, who I'd rather have game on the line – Maybe Baker, because he's won more games and he's won a playoff game, he has that more experience. But, again, I got to get there. I got to get there. And, and I'm guessing they're thinking our offensive line is better. With Christian McCaffrey, we know we can run the ball. And, and Baker's good off of play action and all that other stuff. Great. Great. But, again, I don't think our offensive line is as good as Cleveland's. Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy, so I'm not counting on that. And, again, our receivers are good, but they're not as good as what he had in Cleveland. So if Baker put up those shitty-ass stats in Cleveland with a whole offseason, what makes me think he's going to go to Carolina and put up enough stats for us to even win eight games? I just don't see it. I don't see it either, but I, I see him starting week one. 
Uh, is there isn't there a better like quarterback or team we could talk about than? <laughs> wow. Yeah, we can talk about Deshaun Watson. No, let's let's go ahead. You start. Oh, I got to start. I, I ain't got much to say. I got nothing but inappropriate jokes about the Browns right now, bro. Like Deshaun Watson got guaranteed money. I remember us talking about how stupid that contract is. And since then, we're kind of still in the same spot. There's, it's We're all kind of just doing this. Is he going to get suspended? Um, because since we last recorded, not even last time we talked about it, since we last recorded it, so the next pop propaganda we did, there's been more accusations that have came out, like legal accusations that are actually been filed. So there's more than there was last time we talked about it. And this is one of those weird situations that I alluded, I alluded to this at the beginning of the pod that we were going to talk about more real-world stuff. I feel weird talking about this because I have not looked, again, I'm a journalist. Like, a lot of my job is actually looking at lawsuits, and I'm not a lawyer, but I, I'm used to looking at this stuff. And, and I haven't looked at anything regarding Deshaun Watson because why would I want to? Uh, but there, there's, a, there's a habitual problem with him that's obvious with all the NDAs that were signed. I'm assuming if you're listening to me, you probably know as much as I do about the situation. So I don't feel like me and Brett got to give a whole fucking history of what's going on with Deshaun Watson if you're listening to the dope blog. Um, well, that being said, well, we can give a quick history. The biggest things are he did settle 20 of the 24. That's big for him, at least. Such a stupid number to say out loud. Yeah, he settled 20 of the 24. The four that he didn't settle with are probably the same four that wouldn't settle when it was only 22. Um, And here's the problem with that. The four that won't settle, those are the ones that are, their accusations are egregious. And we've talked about this, like, in in some of our chats and stuff like that about what, how the NFL should go about this and everything else. The problem is, bro, I said, forget the number. If he did it to one person, it's one too many, right? There's 24 people claiming. Whether you believe all 24, whether you think some of them are just in for the money, whether you think some are exaggerated, that's up to you and your personal opinion. I'm not getting into that. The one problem is even the four that refused, they're saying, bro, we're refusing because what you did was ridiculously bad. And if you read their reports, it's ridiculously bad. So I'm sure the vast majority of them, he might have just flashed them or did whatever, and they felt uncomfortable, and that's why they're just taking the money. What these four are claiming he did, he, yeah. he, he, he didn't just flash them. It was a whole thing. Oh, and let me be clear. I wasn't getting into the details, and I don't know the details. I am not... Oh, Even, I know. Some, I know some of the details. It's oh no, bad. I'm letting you know. I want to let everyone it's know bad. and just be clear. I am not insinuating his innocence. As, as, I'm, as a I'm not, person, I'm not insinuating anything either. What like, I'm saying is, the NFL to me looks really bad right now because once again, they're trying so desperately hard to make sure he's guilty first before they make a verdict. And to me, the smartest thing they should have done from the jump is say, "Yo, man, he's out indefinitely until these are settled." period. That's what they should have done. And for the people that don't understand why, the answer is simple. You cannot have this man play a single down of football with this stuff still lingering over him. Even, oh, if, it's just, even if it's just a four. Even if it's just a four. You cannot, even if it's just a one at this point, you cannot have this man representing your, your game and your league and your brand 
while this stuff is lingering over him. If it take, and by the way, he's the one that moved the, the, the negotiations to February. So now these, these next four won't even be started until after this season is over. So, so we are, so if I'm saying the NFL, yo, you're out until these are settled, that means you're getting at least a year. Then these cases are going to be have to get settled. By the way, it's four individual cases. It's not the four against Deshaun Watson. It's Deshaun Watson gets case number one. Deshaun Watson gets case number two. Deshaun Watson gets case number three. Deshaun Watson gets case number four. Four separate things. And there's going to be a lot of litigation. There's going to be a lot of talk about what can be brought up in the first one because it's going to get worse every time, right? When one is done, Number two is going to say, well, what can I and can I bring in for number one? When number three comes on, what can I and can I not bring in for one and two? And so on and so forth. And so the, the point is, this might not even get settled for another year. So guess what, Deshaun Watson, if you got to be out two more years because of this, then that's what it, it is what it is. And if and when it's settled, if he's found even guilty on one of them, you then have to suspend him for that. You have to. Yep. Now, now, if you're the NFL, I'm sure they're hoping that he could just sit, figure out a way to get, get these over with. But these four look like they're not budging because, again, what they're alleging he did was absolutely atrocious. And so they're like, yo, it's not about money. You're going to pay for what you did to me. And, so- and, and the problem with this whole conversation, and me and you have said this all off the mic, but I want to say it on our pod is some of the most uncomfortable conversations. And I'm not saying that lightly uh, because we're not the victims here. Uh, The most uncomfortable conversations Brett and I have had regarding this just with our friends is how careless some of these dudes, and I'm talking about the fans, some of the dudes talking about women's lives and how they're worth what? One or two games of football. And that's crazy to me. Right. Like you don't need you, to have a you, sister or, you or a mother it. or whatever. You you said it on the phone one time. It's like the, the problem is how do you put a value on that, right? What what's a woman's life worth to you? Is it one or two games? Is it eight? Is it a season? Because again, even if it's just one, again, some of these allegations are very egregious. If he's found guilty on just one, and I understand it's a civil case, not a legal one, so he's not going to go to jail. But if they, but if the court rules like, yo, man, we we think you did this, you got to pay this woman X amount of dollars. If you're the NFL, you have to put a price tag on that in terms of suspension of games. So again, to me, if I'm the NFL, I'm playing it safe and I'm saying, yo, he's suspended indefinitely until this is settled. If that takes two years, it takes two years. And then on top of that, Let's say he's found guilty, quote unquote, of three out of the four. You now got to put a price tag on that. And 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 I and here's the funny thing: you kind of already set the precedent that eight games is the bar for this, but that's just for one case. So again, does that mean three cases is twenty four? And bar for what? That's the worst part about this because the, the precedent in the NFL between rape charges and, and and failing a piss test for weed have been criticized beyond belief by almost everybody it's like one of the few things it, it, it there's um a complete consensus among nfl fans about is that women will get you one or two games and then weed will get you six to eight games and it's just like what are you talking but, about but the new policy i think is a I think that's the new policy that they. But that's a, that's problematic in itself because what i said to you personally i'll, I'll repeat again 
So you're telling me that if he raped the, the one woman, it's eight games. That's that's skeevy as fuck. Is all I'm, it's like it makes my skin crawl saying that out loud because that's what we're really talking about. Like the most uncomfortable part about that's why when you you said we need to talk about it, we do we talk about the NFL and we talk about football in general and this is something we can't avoid, especially if me and you both care as human beings for the victims if they are victims. And the fact, and I'm saying they're victims because guess what, man? You don't have 60 accusations of the same thing, and they're all bullshit. Not saying they're all right. I mean, I mean, listen, it's innocent until proven guilty, but even his even his defense is just so sleazy. It's it without him saying it, it's oh, I get so many women. Why do I have to rape you? Which in and of itself, you're telling on yourself, right? If yeah. you, because it's like, oh, if you have the mindset of, oh, I can get any girl I want, well, that's any girl you want. Who says she wanted you? Because in your mind, if I want you, I'm going to have sex with you. If it's damn whether you want to have sex with me or not, if I want you, I'm going to have sex with you. You're just another thing for me. So that so and he and he hasn't said that, but in his defense, they're basically saying that even even when this first started, he's like, oh, but I can show you 18 more women. I'm like, nigga, what? That, that's the same. That's the same defense a rapist uses when they're like, why would I rape that gutter slut when I could get a, a quality woman that wants me over here? Well, honestly, because when it comes to rape and sexual assault, it's usually about power. And, and like y'all, and I put I, I made sure I put the explicit on my podcast years ago. So this all this not safe for work conversation is not safe for work, whatever. But in reality, all these men men are delicately talking around this situation when you're being accused at the bare minimum of forcing a woman to jack you off. And if you don't, okay, let's go with his defense. Like, why would I need it? I get so many women. Why the fuck do you need a happy ending with every massage? Right. That's what I'm saying. You're admitting that you basically get massages for the sole purposes of getting a happy ending, right? You're admitting that. And you're also admitting that one's not good enough for you. You, you want to try all the, the massage therapists you want, which again, also implies that, oh, for these women, they want to do this. no. I know, I know, I know a couple of young ladies that are massage therapists. Some people take their job very seriously. They're here to massage your body and give you the health and care that you need, not to help you get off. That's not what every woman signs up to be a massage therapist does. Matter of fact, I'll go off on, on, to say the vast majority of them do not sign up for that for that part of the job. And so, not everybody gives a fuck that you're a pro athlete. Right. Like the problem here too, part of this problem. Once again, the theme, the theme of the theme of the day, right? Just the arrogance and the delusions of the people in power, right? Like, so not everybody's thinking, oh my God, it's just Where's he right? from? Because he went to Clemson, which is in the Carolinas. He's from and he, Atlanta. Okay. So he's from the South. Oh, right, right, right. He's from Atlanta. And, and in the South, especially, uh, besides just being backwards in time when it comes to a lot of different things, football is king down there. So if you were the quarterback, especially a decent-looking quarterback, you don't have to be good-looking. You just be decent. You could be a five. But if you're the man when it comes to throwing the football, you are the man wherever you're from. And and so you can see how in his life he's used to getting it thrown at him. Because, once again, not ugly, in shape, been the man since high school. With that being said, like what Brett said, he's telling on himself. Well, it always happens. 
Always? Always. Like, bro, you have 60 NDAs? And, and again, I know professional athletes. Don't tell me how professional athletes work. Every professional athlete I know, they have one, maybe two massage therapists that goes to their house and, and takes care of their body. Because, again, as a professional athlete, the goal is not to get off. The goal is to heal your body so that you can go out and continue to perform at your best in the sport that you get paid millions of dollars to do. Also, there's actual escorts. Like, if you're this rich, if you're as rich as Deshaun Watson has been since he got drafted, there's actual women. That's whole job is this. Right. That, that who, Right. Whose job is for that. And so you're deciding to go get a regular person who, who works at, you know, the out of her house and, and try to do it with them. And that's not fair. And again, I'm not assuming he's guilty. But again, even his defense is like, bro, you're not helping yourself at all, my boy. You're not helping yourself. No, he, he, he's coming off at minimum. Like, okay, if he, let, let's say he's innocent of the charges of what they are. Even then, you look scummy as fuck. Well, and again, to be very honest with you, and, and this is an argument we've had on the chat, not me and you, but in the chat with somebody else, other people. If you're the NFL, you can suspend him for being stupid. That's a thing. You can do that. It's, it is a privilege. Misconduct. Right. It is a privilege to play in these, in these leagues. It's not a right. There's no law that says if you're great at football, you have to play in the NFL and the NFL has to accept you. No, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to get paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game. It is. And so at the end of the day, even in his defense, right, let's say he is innocent. If I'm the NFL, I'm suspending you for just being stupid. I'm sorry. Because why would you put yourself in that position? Because some of the naysayers will say, well, that's not fair. He's getting exploited. These girls knew what they were doing. They knew who he was, blah, 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 blah. Again, that's your fault. If I know... Also, if I I know me as Brett Carroll, if I know I'm a public figure who can easily be exploited... You know what I'm not doing? I'm not trusting 60 plus strangers to touch my body and not say I did something to them. I'm not doing that. I'm not putting myself in that position because I know there's a chance that that could happen. But you're making too much sense, dude, because you you said the word exploited and that's good because that's a common sense part of this. If you're scared about being exploited, why don't you have one person you trust? That's not- one person's going to jack you off. Like you could do this. This is there's 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 avenue. Right. Wait, you said there's eight, you have at least 18 women that will testify that it was all consensual and they were cool with it. Bro, then stick to one of them. Like what? Or stick to all 18 of them, but stick to them. Right. Like I don't understand that. And so so so, so with you hold on. You cuz you said exploited. And one thing that we we both said earlier in this whole saga and we've heard plenty of times is the uh, conspiracy theory of the Texans just wanted to take down Deshaun Watson. And now we know the Texans were supplying the NDAs. So all the people so, that so also defended know, Bill so Cosby. we like know this. that the Texans did this to, to take down Deshaun Watson. We oh, know but that. Hold on, hold on. That's besides the point. The same people that, that tried to blame racism for taking down Bill Cosby start play the race card with Deshaun Watson. And what annoys me about this, is, it, it's very simple. They don't give a fuck if any of these victims are black. Like all these, all this faux racism. Oh, it's like just trying to take down the black men from black men. And as black men on this pod who have marched for black people, who have actually been out here trying to help our situation in our communities, I feel comfortable in saying most of y'all claiming this racism conspiracy are billionaire on billionaire conspiracies. Don't give a fuck if any of these victims are black. 
You don't care if that woman's black. You don't care if the four that count are black. I don't know what color there are. We assumed when the started they were white because they got caught and they complained and he's going and something's happening about it. And that right there tells you that the implicit uh, thing that I'm saying or we all agree on is if they were black, no one would care. And, th- and that's what pisses me off. Because if all these, if, if there's 60 victims, only 24 came forward, and he settled with 20 of them, how many of the settled 20 are, are white? How many of them are black? And mind you, none of it should fucking matter. But if you want to make it about race, how many of these women were black? Does anybody know? More powerful, does anyone care? I'm just sipping my tea. Keep going. That's what annoys me about this. We try to keep making all these things these 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 problems so when we actually try to address these problems and you know and, and back to the people part. point to shit like this but it pisses me off because these people point to this shit and say oh you cried racism about bill cosby you cried racism about deshaun watson so how is it racism how is it right now this is why this is why people don't believe when this is why women don't come forward is because yeah. they have to they if not only yeah. do they get humiliated and they are forced to fuck and suck some dude they don't want to. But then when they come forward, it's called a money grab. And then when they don't take the money, it's still called a money grab. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, they're milking it. They're doing it. Yeah, they milked it. That's what they took the Hold on, hold on. And then, and then on top of that, they can't win because God forbid they didn't claim it right away. Well, if it happened, why didn't they claim it right away? Maybe because they were contemplating all this crap. Oh, you want to hear something? And this just broke. So this is actually... In the and, theme and, of today, and, and I'm sorry if we're getting a little way, way too deep for a, for a sports conversation, but unfortunately, sometimes you've got to talk about that ugly side of it. There's an yeah. ugly side of sports, There's yeah. Unfortunately, these assholes are, are monsters sometimes, and they don't want us to talk about when they're being monsters, they want and, us to talk and, about all the good stuff. And and, the, and again, the, the thing about it is simply this I'm only accusing Deshaun Watson of being stupid right now. I don't know. We don't know. There is a chance that a bunch of women got together and said, yo, we're going to take this guy down. We can get a lot of money. It could have, which could have been orchestrated by the Houston Texans. We don't know. The point of the matter is at the end of the day, I'm accusing him of being stupid. And just for being stupid, he should be suspended. And, and people are going to say, oh, you're just saying that because you're a Steeler fan. You don't want the Browns to be good, bro. I'm not the one that signed him. My dad even asked me, like, would you be saying the same thing if the Steelers signed him? I said, yeah, I would, but the Steelers aren't stupid enough to sign him. They wouldn't do that. The no, Steelers for real, no. The, the, the Maras and the Rooney straight up said, yeah, we're they, not getting involved. They, they could have done that. Look, the Steelers took Mitch Trubisky day one of free agency. It's not like they settled for Mitch Trubisky. Like, that was one of the first. Fact, that Giants the have Daniel Jones and, and publicly said no. Like, it was one of the first signings, period. Of free agency, they went out and got Mitch Trubisky, twelve. You know what I mean? Like the the first day of of, of free agency, they had they wanted no thing with Deshaun Watson. So real quick, the Browns. Hold on, hold on. the Browns decided now that he's not a legal, now that it's not a a criminal case and he can't go to jail. Screw everything else. We'll go get him, even if he's suspended a year. We'll be slick and only pay him a million dollars. We're going to get Deshaun Watson. And I get it. When you're that desperate to be relevant, you do re- desperate shit. But at the end of the day, that's the risk you took. You didn't know what was going on. You didn't know where this was going. You didn't know what the NFL was going to do. So, and if he gets suspended for a couple of years and you've wasted millions and millions and millions of dollars, you have nobody to blame but yourself because you prioritize trying to win 
over your moral values. That's on you. Like, and, and I feel bad for Browns fans because I'm sure there's some Browns fans that didn't want this. And once again, and this goes back to our next conversation, right? For the fans, it's like it's not fair that we're put in this situation because we didn't do this, right? The whole Nets fiasco, it's like, yo, this isn't fair because for as Nets fans, all we wanted was some damn respect. And once again, we're a laughing stock. For Browns fans, I'm sure they're saying the same thing. All we're trying to get is some damn respect. And once again, we look like idiots. Like, why can't my team just do the right thing for once? I'll take even a Baker Mayfield and being mediocre, then go with Deshaun Watson and hope he wins a championship and then look like an idiot when he doesn't even play for us. Oh, and by the way, he has $230 million guaranteed money that we got to pay him. Oh, and keeping on the theme of today's whole pod, apparently, um, in the last two weeks, a lot of news has broke about uh, – WWE chairman Vince McMahon and to Brett's point about not coming forward in time and all and, and this whole theme of elites in power and just self-accountability and also to, to even grow off the build off of we, we were talking about people tuning out when you don't even respect the history you're telling us we're supposed to care about as a WWE fan if you are a WWE fan listening all these things you're just like yeah I know about that so uh, Vince McMahon, I think in the Wall Street Journal of the New York Times, one of those two, reported uh, rape accusation that a female wrestler uh, was forced into a situation by Vince McMahon in the 80s. And pretty much she was, it was, she was coaxed into it, obviously pressure because that's the boss. Uh, and then after he got done, like pulling up his pants, he said, well, you broke the rule. I told you not to fuck any of the talent. I didn't know that. And then she got the boot. And I, if you don't know shit about pro wrestling, Vince McMahon is pretty fucking powerful. Yeah. Um, even if you get blackballed from the WWE, yeah, you can get other gigs elsewhere. But it is what it is, right? And then more recently, uh, the, just I mean, like last couple of days, the news just broke that he spent like twelve million in NDAs. One was somebody he just had started an affair with in his building, gave him a six-figure job, gave him a raise. They weren't qualified. Everybody on the corporate side knew, but, you know, regular NDA shit, more of the me too of you're abusing your power to get your nut off. There was other instances where he abused a wrestler. I'm, say, I'm saying the word abuse because I don't care if, if he says it was consensual. Knowing that you, you can just fire them, which you do, that's not consensual because one wrestler he was fucking apparently, you know, she sucked him off or something like along those lines. She got a push in wrestling. I mean, you know, she starts getting promo time, TV time, more matches, despite not being over with the fans or anything that would kind of have a viewer be like, why the hell is she getting shoved down our throats? No pun intended. She then after she gets that and she, she gets demoted and signs the NDA and fired. So after you just, after this one woman who, if she's a dude, mind you, this double standard does exist in pro wrestling. She's a dude and, and, and bangs a female promoter. His, his career is fine. He ain't, he ain't got to worry about getting fired. But Vince McMahon has done this too. I think the numbers, uh, it could be just because of Brett, but I'm pretty sure it's four, not counting the rape accusation. I think there's four NDAs that have leaked. And he's still in charge of creative. 
like, let me repeat this. He stepped down from his, his board role because it's a publicly traded company. He stepped down from that role. He's still in charge, though. And he, once again, to, go to the, the, give the veil of politics and how this shit's exactly the same. He's still in charge. If this was politics, this was our government. He resigned for being Speaker of the House, but he's still running the party. Like, he's not gone. And he's still in power. And, and the last NDA, most re- a couple of them are from, like, the rape accusations in the 80s. A couple of the NDAs are between, like, 2005 and 2008. The most recent signing of the NDA, the most recent NDA, is 2018. This shit is not even old. Like, so, so the people are like, why did you come forward? Well, the one in the 80s, who's she coming forward to? She, it was consensual because she gave in thinking, like, I'm never going to get anywhere in this company if I don't do this with the boss. And the second he got his nuts off, he's like, you broke your, the rule. You're fired. This shit is happening all the time in all these different facets. That's why Brett's being legal, saying, I, I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm not saying Deshaun Watson's guilty either. But as a normal person, like I started off this pod with, there's a couple things. Like, the only time I can kind of uh, equate settlements to is when we just fucking pay a ticket. You get a parking ticket. Is it really worth the couple hundred bucks of going to court? Or are you just going to pay the fucking 50 bucks? Just pay the 50 bucks. So settlements, I don't, I, I, I feel some type of way because if I had the money just to get it out of my way, I might settle just because it's not worth it. But that's for a parking ticket, not someone accusing me of something terrible. So there is part of me, as Brett knows, that I'm just going to be like, no. I'm not admitting I did that. I didn't do it. And take it a step further. I I think I've signed an NDA once or twice. Like I might have. I don't. If obviously, I sign NDAs all the time. Yeah. You saw. You know. You've been in more positions to sign NDAs. The reason why I can put out a podcast that might not exist or, or not is because I never fucking signed an NDA. Oh, we did actually. I forgot about that. No, no, I did. I never signed anything for that. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, just the dude did. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I didn't. The engineer did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop talking. (laughs) Bro, (laughs) really? What? Shut the fuck up. What? Snitching. Just snitching on dudes, man. (laughs) Damn. Anyway, all these NDAs, why are you not disclosing what you did if it's not like... That means it's going to negatively impact your image, your business, or both. And why? Sometimes it's just you don't want shit leaking. It's a creative process. Don't tell people about the secret recipe to the chicken or some bullshit like that, right? That's what the NDA is for. You don't, like There's sensitive information here. We're working on a movie. Don't go blab to everybody what it's about. Right. These, this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about people doing scummy shit and abusing their power. And just because they have the legal... Uh, power and the money to exercise it they're getting away with it because the, the that's the funniest part here man but i we did not come on here with this plan that somehow everything we touch it's some millionaire or billionaire abusing the people below that's just kind of how it shaped out my rant kicked it off but then just me and brent knowing that we we're going to talk about deshaun watson and these stupid power conferences that it was like wow these motherfuckers really don't care about us and it's just and it's disheartening to me, man, that, that a podcast we didn't even do yet is about my favorite basketball team. That 
We're talking about some of my favorite things, my favorite sports, my favorite. I love pro wrestling. Brett don't care, but he he knows how much I like it because sometimes I just tell him about it. I'm like, yo, this is cool because Brett likes comics. And and there's a little bit of a crossover when you can just immerse yourself in, in imagination and just appreciate a good story. With that being said, when you know the person's a monster, you need to acknowledge the people are monsters. When you know people aren't monsters, they're just assholes. You need to get called an asshole. When you when people aren't being held responsible, you need a friend to look you in the eyes and tell you, yo, you're being an irresponsible dick. And a lot of the things I've just experienced in my life from, a, from, my, from here, my home, is people just not owning their own shit or thinking they're untouchable. And I mean that from every facet, from the basketball players we know to the characters that will never care about me because I'm not a millionaire or a billionaire. And and, and unfortunately, that's what money does, right? When when you have money, when everybody tells you your shit don't stink, you start to believe that that smell ain't coming from you, right? So it it happens. Um, Or when it is, it's someone else's fault because they fed you some wrong thing and, and yada, yada, yada. You know what the real problem is with a lot of these people? The a real through line is it's all about them because what you said is people have been telling you your shit don't stink forever and you're so special you're irreplaceable you you have you have God given talent that that most of us don't have and all this other who the fuck cares you're a person and when you start treating people people that you talk down to people and you want to treat people. Like, oh, you have no idea. There's so many other things going on. And then you talk down to us, but then you need us. You need us. And then when, when we're not there for you or, you, or you lost the benefit of the doubt, you like to play the, but what about happiness? What about feelings? The energies? He's about to go back on this frame. Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. It's not, no, it's not the same thing. No, I'm being serious about with the football players, too. Because the fans are fucking idiots until you need us. Like that's the, that's really what how they how they act. It's, I'm not talking about one person. I want to be clear. I am not talking about one person. I'm talking about no, all I, these dudes. No, I know, I know. You're talking about the like it, it's it's it, it, it's 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 staggering to me because it's politics, dude. Like I'm more venting from from a professional standpoint too. That it, it, it's hilarious to me that fans that say, oh, I don't want, I don't like politics. I don't like getting political. I don't like getting into politics. Keep politics and sports completely separate. It's the same shit. Politicians and partisans treat their party like their team. And in sports, we do the same thing. Stop deifying these people because they act like they're above you. And then you claim to hate that, but you're the one lifting these assholes up, making them untouchable. Call them out on their bullshit. That's very true. Because the craziest fucking part about this is, and and Brett's trying to prevent me from going too political, but there's a crossover after a certain point. You acquire enough money and power and, and, and connections we got dumbass Herschel Walker running for U.S. Senate. Like, at what point am I not supposed to acknowledge that motherfucker's an idiot? Like, if I would have said it 30, 40 years ago at the USFL, where you'd be like, well, he's just a football player. Don't give him a chance. He could grow. Yeah, some people grow into beautiful people. Individuals that you're fans of now that you weren't fans of when they played. One person that comes to mind for me, Jalen Rose. Love his podcast. Never was a fan when he was playing ball. And I see the growth of him as an individual through the through the years. There are plenty of people that haven't grown in 10 years, let alone the last 20 and they or 40, Vince McMahon. And, and they won't like and they won't. it is what it is. The, the craziest part to me is, and I said this to Brett 
in, in, in other instances is at one point do we say in a relationship or a fandom or whatever, fuck y'all, because you want me to care about your happiness. You ain't gave a fuck about mine, whether that's the Nets, whether that's WWE, whether that's your college. That's fair. Like, like it's staggering to me that all these people and politicians, athletes, politicians, well, my image, you got to worry about me. Well, well, uh, oh, the media, the media, the media, bro. If you're being accurately quoted, stop bitching that people didn't like what you said. Like, if 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 because if everybody right, liked on, what hold you on, said, hold on, hold on, hold on, let's move on because I know you can go on for hours about this, and I see I see the smoke coming out of your ears. Cause man, it's fucking. <laughs> so look, as we wrap this up, we want to talk about a couple of things. So. Well, let's talk about the MCU phase four. Oh, it's yeah. a mess. Hold on, just one second. Go ahead. Yep. And you know what? Continuing with the theme, I blame Bob Chapek for a lot of this stuff. Um, MCU phase four is probably the worst phase in the MCU. And we, you know, obviously, since we've talked last, a lot has come out. Moon Knight has come out, Doctor Strange 2 has come out, Thor has come out, Miss Marvel's almost done. Instead of going over the individual projects we're just going to talk about it as a whole right phase four has a problem has many problems it's not terrible but it's not as good as the first three phases for a lot of different reasons there's definitely a couple movies in phase four if you were to drop them in phase one people would like them more yeah so i mean they've had their wins as well but they they, but a lot of stuff has been eh, or mediocre or bad it's just it is what it is to me, there's a lot going on in these movies and shows where they're either way too independent, so it doesn't make sense in the whole MCU, or they're way too connected where they don't care about the story. It's all about just connecting the universe. And it's like, you got to find that balance again. A so lot spoiler of- warnings for everything up to Thor. Yeah, spoiler warnings for everything up to Thor. Up to, like I didn't see Thor: Love and Thunder. Right, he hasn't seen so, Thor. I'm going to talk about Thor a little bit, but not in a spoiler way. But other spoilers, so spoilers for all the TV shows. Except, uh, you can spoil Miss Marvel. I didn't watch it yet, but if you have something to say, well, you know. I, I, I'm not going to spoil Miss Marvel yet because the the season finale hasn't even come out yet. So oh, okay, fingers but, crossed. But Moon Knight, Wanda, crossed that's good. Wanda, <laughs> sorry, spoilers. Uh, Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> I was like, WandaVision 2. <laughs> Moon Knight, all that stuff, you know, whatever. Um, speak, and you know what? Let me let me rotate for a minute because this is what I have to say. This is one of the things. The boys, right? We're not going to do a spoiler review about the boys just yet. We might do one later. Um, the boys. What do you mean me, now? We're going to do one. Just It's not going to be right now. This yeah. The, sport, the, the boys, to me, is one of the best shows on television, period. Period. One of the things I love about the boys is it doesn't fall into the trap of its own success. Meaning the boys is outrageous. It's funny. It's gory. It's just vulgar sometimes with with not only the language, but the sex and the nudity and everything else. Not for kids. Not for kids at all. But what I love about it is it still puts an emphasis on both storytelling and the combination of everything, not just oh fans like this. So it's just inundate them with all this. It's like well, yeah, they they don't compromise their characters to make you to give you some fan service. So Thor, 
And without spoiling anything, Thor, the problem with Thor is, and I knew this was going to happen based on the success of Ragnarok and based on the trailers. Thor, Love and Thunder said, oh, people liked how funny Ragnarok is. Okay, cool. Let's just give them all comedy. No seriousness whatsoever, even though we're still talking about some serious topics. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Ragnarok had those moments where we can settle in. When Odin died, that was a moment. When some of the other people died, those were moments. When Loki and, and Thor are in the elevator and they're having that heart to heart, like, yo, bro, like, I love you. I don't know why you swear I hate you. I've looked up to you. You know what I mean? Like, that was a moment. Thor, Love and Thunder never had that. Even when it did have that, they were so quick to shoehorn in a joke that it ruined the whole situation. You can back up because go to go to my Loki. The, 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 so one, two, phase one, two, and three. Not that there was any inconsistencies or plot holes, but they were few and far between and so minute, no one cared. We both like Loki, so we're not trashing on Loki. That show's great. But there's two glaring issues with Loki, at least as of right now. Mm-hmm. One is how does the TVA work? And personally, we said spoilers, so I'm just going to throw out my theory really fast. That it's all bullshit. Uh, that was propaganda. And that's just Kang running a certain amount of timelines that he can control. Because in uh, Multiverse of Madness, you see uh, Reed Richards, and Kang is a descendant of Reed Richards. So there's a, th- so that is less of a plot hole to me than other people. But then again, that's just me being a fan and going, I think that's what that is. But, but that created its own set of, 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 of problems. That's another thing. I'll get, I'll get into that after you're done. Go ahead. Okay. The biggest issue with Loki when it comes to continuity or continuity is uh, he's, he doesn't have any magical powers when he's in the TVA, right? He, has, he can't use any of his magic. So why does he look like he's from Asgard and he's not blue? He's like a frost troll, right? right? Like a frost giant or whatever. Yeah, he's a frost giant. Like he's not Asgardian. So the second they put that thing on him and took away all of his magic, he should have turned blue with red eyes. And mind you, I understand the practical part of that and why they didn't want to do it. Also, uh, Hiddleston is great. Like, I get why the reality of it, you didn't want to do that. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really, really knocking it. But that's a huge plot hole. And that's probably one of the better shows. Uh, then you go forward with one, two, and three. Not only was everything connected, overarching but you there was this big bad you know there were stones out there and all these mini bads and there was the three roughly leaders one or two it was mostly tony or cap but then you could throw thor in there too um in this phase there is no clear leader there's no team that you even feel is coming together and and to that point too and somebody somebody on the john campion show made a great point about this too you could have missed a movie or two and still kind of been caught up. Now you watch just like, what the hell is going on? Because you got to watch everything to understand it. But and at the same, t- but at the same time, none of it's connected. It's weird. So again, Loki, right? It's all about the multiverse. Nothing from that Loki show has been present yet, and we've had multiple iterations of multiversal things since Loki, and yet where there's no connection whatsoever to what happened in Loki. So it's, yeah, but, it's, but if you didn't watch WandaVision, you are like, what the fuck happened to Wanda? Right. And so so, so it, it, it's inconsistent. It's very inconsistent. And so, and that, that's one thing. But, but, to, but and, and, and hold on, before you hit on all your points, I just want to stress that. Well, no, 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 I, I, want, I want to say something that you just oh, my said. Bad. 
And some of the threads that you could connect as a fan, ironically, and this is sad to say, a lot of this is too comic booky. Where if you're a nerd, you see what they're setting up. Oh, they're setting up Secret Wars. They're setting up this. They're setting up that. If you're a casual fan, you're like, "What the fuck is going on? What like what what is happening here?" Because you don't know. It's it's gotten to a point where it's like they assume that we're all just Marvel fans and Marvel heads, and we just know everybody's going on. So let's introduce all these new characters. Let's do this. Let's do that. And they and they know it's like no, only a third, maybe a third of your population knows. Can, can connect. Oh yeah, hold on, hold on. I agree. I 100% agree with you. Son. I'm talking about specifically the reason why I don't think the TVA has been touched on again. I think they fucked up showing that first because I think they wanted the oh, is this the new big bad? Which it could be. Kang could be the new big bad still. But Kang is Reed Richards' descendant. And knowing that he's his own thing and knowing that he he's trying to create his own kingdom, for lack of a better word, that the propaganda we saw there could just be bullshit for his own power in a multi in its own little universe, which is cool. That is fine. That is me speculating, though. And with that being said, it only makes sense if you're holding off to, to, to show us that with Fantastic Four, which we all think they're doing, and, and Doctor Doom. But where it becomes a problem now that they haven't elaborated on it is, okay, so if the Time Variance Authority and the true timeline or whatever and all the branches actually either that what we saw created this multiverse and time isn't linear. So it created all these multiverses, right? Or it, it's all propaganda that's still up in the air, but take away the TVA, take away Loki. We don't have to watch Loki. You introduced the, the celestials. What's going on with that? You introduced the other uh, right, multiverse, the other universe that's connected to Shang Chi. Right. What's up with that? That's what's what up saying. with that. How even are Shang- those connected? Even Shang Chi, one of their wins, right? We haven't seen him since, and it's like, bro, you got to start bringing these which guys. Is, which is the L? Like, honestly, Shang Chi and, and Jon Snow, sorry, should have been in in more shit already. And I get and that's they're what they're, they're just introducing to a bunch of characters, then we don't see them ever again. They don't get mentioned again. And, and it's like, well, how does this all connect? At least before you knew the breadcrumbs, you could follow it. You, this, I watch everything, and I still can't follow it. Follow it through. because they've done because especially with the movies, lesser ironically, lesser than the Disney Plus shows. There was no real attempt to connect uh, the Eternals and Shang Chi. Like, like, what is the connection? Besides knowing, like, the viewer knowing this the same universe. There's no, there was no connection to those two, and at least in uh, Iron Man and the first Avenger and the first Thor, there's obvious connections. Like the funniest part about the what I alluded to about the inconsistencies, right? The first, the first big bad that the Avengers were going to come together for wasn't Loki originally. It was going to be uh, Hulk. The original teaser at the end of Hulk. Included Tony showing up to say, "Well, you know, we're, we're putting together your know, know You have a whole problem, right? Yeah, which also would have been a cool movie. So whatever, but like, so what? So it's not even the fact that oh, well, it was all perfectly mapped out. The fuck it was. That's revisionist history. 
like te- the, the actual problem with phase four is that Kevin Feige isn't as involved as he was with the first he, three phases. Cause he can't be because there's too many, too, there's too much going on. And that's probably another part too. Like we're way too, we're getting way too much, way too fast. Right. It's way too much content coming out. Cause somebody even pointed out the boys season two happened two years ago and they showed all the MCU things that we have gotten since the boys season two and the boys season three. And I'm like, wow. Like the Disney Plus shows didn't even start yet since since before season two. And that's fucked up because me and you as fans, like we probably count as MCU diehards because me and you have pretty much seen everything. Mm-hmm. I, me and my wife have not seen everything because we have a baby. Like that's it. We Or we would be completely caught up on everything. Right. And I think as for, as far as people that watch all this shit, I think everybody would say The Boys is better than Phase 4. Of course, of course, but and, and but it, but it's just like the sheer amount of projects we have seen, TV shows and movies in the last two years, it's crazy. It's been a, it's been like at least 10, 12 projects in a two year span. That's a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. A lot of projects to have to consume, digest, and understand in a two year time span. To the point where I, I didn't even realize the boys season two happened that long ago because I've had so much stuff to watch that right when I started to miss the boys, it came back. You no, know you know what's funny too? I just got done watching Stranger Things season four. Like I loved it. I thought that was a great season. Mm-hmm. And the only negative to that season is you could tell how much time has passed since the last season because everybody's so much more grown. Right. And, it, and it's crazy because at one point you, they, you, they show off it's only supposed to be two years in the story and you're like, dog. <laughs> like it's been way more than two years. Like right. you might be able to say four, but it's been more than two, unless they are the biggest growth spurts in humanity's history. Like, <laughs> but, that's, but that's the thing. It's just like there's just so much going on. But that's my point. No one's brought up the no one said it as a negative because everybody that's watched the show has acknowledged the real world made this negative of, of the, about how much they've aged. That's just life. No one said anything boo about the story because the story is still consistent. The mm-hmm. characters are still consistent. And that's the problem here. You've now introduced us to so many new characters. We feel attached to none of them. Really. None of them. And, and that's the problem. And then if we do, we don't see them for God knows how long. Yeah, we're, we're we, haven't, we haven't seen them since. We haven't seen them since. Because we haven't seen anybody since. Shang-Chi came out before Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. I figured there would be at least a scene with him in it in Multiverse of Madness. And mind you, just because I saw it way later than everybody else, I think a Multiverse of Madness got hate because fans had their own expectations on that movie. Me and my wife loved Multiverse of Madness. We had no expectations. We just went in there and watched it, and it was an awesome horror movie from the MCU. We liked it. Everybody else was disappointed they didn't get more of the Illuminati, and I get why. But also, that Wanda scene with the Illuminati is one of my favorite MCU scenes. So the, the phase four is frustrating because some of this shit is dope. Some of this is, is some of your favorite moments. Like uh, WandaVision has that dust, like people coming back from being dusted scene. It's one of my favorite individual scenes in the MCU. Uh, it also has some of the lowest parts. Like, again, some people didn't like Shang-Chi, and, and we don't agree. Um Ooh. I get more why people didn't like the Eternals because the Eternals introduced a backstory that has not been present the whole time. Right. And I think how they could retcon it, and this is me spitballing here, I think how you could retcon a lot of this shit, especially with the Eternals, 
is the Eternals isn't our Earth. Like Thanos still happened and all that, but that's not 616. That is a different uh, universe within the within the multiverse that they had the Avengers, but pretty much like, you know, like Far From Home happened over here. Eternals happened over but here. See, but even Eternals, right? You have a big-ass celestial head coming out of the ground and out of the ocean. And again, how many projects have come on since that and nobody's even mentioned that? You would think that if a giant head is shooting out of one of our oceans, you would at least have an Easter egg of it being on the news or something. We have not seen that since the Eternals. It makes and, no and sense. And it just doesn't make sense. That, that's, that, that's a great point. It doesn't make sense why Moon Knight. The Etern- why would you make, why is that the first one? Moon Knight, Moon Knight. Hella people died in Egypt, right? No, no mention of it in in sense. No mention of it. Well, I'll give Moon Knight the leeway on that because, as far as when it takes place, it's kind of unclear. Because if that's taking place simultaneously with the Eternals, right? Like, say the end of the Moon Knight, like the the Eternals fight didn't happen yet. Mm-hmm. That would make more sense. Because Moon Knight could team up with the, the team that's teased with Blade and Jon Snow. Right. And, and, and it still makes sense. Like, that's all I'm saying. Like, I might be misremembering, but I don't think they actually specified no, they don't. when they don't. Moon Knight was happening. They don't. But my point is, at some point, you got to start connecting these things, right? You can't. Oh, no, 100%. These, I agree. You can't have these major, major, major worldly events happening and nobody even like, well, Moon Knight's different because Moon Knight isn't as major as uh, WandaVision or Loki is. I understand that, but if a giant crocodile shows up in the middle of a, a, the Egyptian desert and sucks up the souls of thousands of people, somebody's going to make that's going to be no, but no, but they, they answer that in the show because in the show, remember when he was getting chased by the dog and they couldn't see it? Like okay, he can see it. No, that, that's fine. That's fine. But my point is, thousands of people still collapsed and died. To be fair, after the dusting, is that really that crazy of news? Like, like, I, like, <laughs> so it's like, ah, only thousands of people died this time. Like, if, if half the universe, but, but, you know, but even, but see, even that, right? They, they don't do a good job of like, how are people, right? We're traumatized now, real world shit going on. Like we said, we keep making the joke the world's on fire right now. We're all traumatized now. In the MCU, we're not traumatized. Like, we go to work. Stop it. Uh, and the MCU is just like, yeah, we're dusted. They hinted at it at Captain America Winter and, and Winter Soldier. Um, but other than that, it hasn't really been dove into that much. Like, yo, man, like, how are people? Like, this, this is a major, major thing. And, like, that's the thing. And the multiverse. And Multiverse of Madness did, too. Uh, the doctor that sits next to him and yeah, he's like, hey. Yeah, they, they, yeah, and Spider-Man, they did. But my, my, my thing is, as a world, as a world, right, how are we? Would they never touch on that? I, I feel like they have, but it, but unless short of getting a show that probably wouldn't get the traction it would need to be sustainable, like about regular people in this universe, like like that's an episode of something. Like you know what I mean? Like like no, no, not absolutely, a, a show. But what my point is, you had the dusting. Then again, celestial head pops up. Then again, people die in Egypt. All this stuff is happening, and once again, it's like so. And oh. people, Hold on, before we, then you have before we wrap up here, we need to address something because we're talking about the MCU. The, you're the motherfucker that came on the dope blog and was talking about how everybody was cheering and Wanda got away scot-free with no, re, no repercussions. She Who did. was supposed to stop him? 
Who was supposed to stop him in New Jersey? I don't care. Know. I don't care. Which one of your homies is, is rolling up on him? I don't care. Who was going to stop her? Just answer the question, Brett. I don't Who's supposed care. to stop her? I don't care. Who's the, supposed to stop her? The fact that Dr. Strange came there and said, oh, yeah, I don't care about what happens to those people in New Jersey. I'm here about America Chavez. That's consistent. Most people don't care what happens to us. But I'm sitting there like, what? Like, she, So she can just enslave a whole town. And we're like, eh, fuck it. She, well, you, John Gambier died. did point out that uh, Strange never claimed to be an Avenger. Like, that's just, fine. No, but I think that's I think that's actually I maybe mean, that was like a aha moment to me. I was like, wait, you're right. He's never claimed to be a hero. That's fine, but that's not my point. That's not the point. No, your point was no one stopped her, and I just want to know. No, my as point, your answer. No, my point is nobody even tried. Nobody was telling yo, man, like, come on, you got, come on, you got to turn yourself in, man. Come on, come. Oh, so she could, so she could just send you to a mind prison for eternity. Like, listen, it's like, look, Wanda, don't kill me, but like, you really gonna just walk away from this? Like, like these people. Bro, are too, I know like, your ass was mentally enslaved for however long WandaVision took place. And you're on the street out front of your home in Jersey, and Scarlet Witch is right there. You're not gonna be like, "Hey, buddy." I might be like, "Yo, bro, you just had me playing a butler for fucking five years. <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? First of all, that's racist, and two, like, I don't want to be a butler." Hey, Wanda didn't have one racist stereotype in her old fifty shows. Let's that's give her some she, credit. No, I'll give her credit. Matter of fact, she, I'll give her credit. She, she, she straight up said, yeah, "We're not doing on that." on the role I played, I might have been like, "Hey, can you do it again?" <laughs> So yeah, you, she might have made you the mayor. You've been like everyone else. Shut the fuck up. Hey, 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 you shut up. You mow that lawn again. Scar- our Scarlet Queen says, <laughs> but like, I mean, it's the MCU just. And then, the, and then the show. Let's talk about the shows, right? Again, people in power that shouldn't be in power. Bob Chapin, what the fuck are you doing? These six episode shows are so stupid. Oh, here we go. I have my rant. They're so fucking dumb because even Miss Marvel, it's. Moon Knight, Miss Marvel, they're all having the same problem. It takes two to three episodes to set it up, which is fine. That's good storytelling. And you introduce a lot of different concepts. That's like, oh, okay, there's a lot that we need to unpack here. Then four or five, it all comes to, like a, to a head. And it's like, okay. And you feel that there should be two, three, four more episodes left because all this is about to come to a head. And it's like, oh, no, there's one episode left. And we're about to end everything we just built up in one episode. And by the way, these, it's not like these episodes are two-hour season finales. These are 30, maybe 40-minute episodes. If we're, not ta- if we're not counting the previously on and the credits, these are literally like 35-minute episodes. That's ridiculous. And so a lot of these shows, the season finales are terrible because everything's rushed, which again, points to all the questions we have. So wait, well, what about this? What about like, that's, that's where half of these loopholes come in because the, the episode is just rushed. So all the things that you were building up on, you don't even have time to, to get to them all. Moon Knight, not so much because Moon Knight showed us that they were completely planning another season. Like the last episode was set up for that reason. If they well, first of all, it's supposed to be a one-off. It was supposed to be. Oh one-off. no, 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 no! Moon Knight's coming back. No, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. It's a, it's a. Look it up. It's considered a limited series. It was supposed to be a. It was supposed to be a one-off series. Now, Moon Knight, the character might come back, but as of right now, that'll probably just be in movies, not season two. Now they did set it up so that if the numbers are good and if. Uh, if Oscar Isaac wanted to come back, he could. 
But right, but that's been the controversy with Moon Knight. It's like you so here, no, actually, so this is interesting. Uh, one source says it's pretty much up to Oscar Isaacs and Kevin Feige right now. Right, but But Esquire reports that we can expect him to reprise that role with uh, Blade or Black Knight. Right, that's what I'm saying. He might show up in the movie, but I'm saying in terms of the show, it was supposed to be a one. A one season. Yeah, that makes that that makes it even worse because I, especially with the ending, you know what I mean. Like that season. But, but I think, but I think they did the ending on purpose because it was one of those things like we want to do a season two, but we don't have a contract. Like he's not under contract to do season two. We'll set it up where it's a nice little cliffhanger just in case we are able to do a season two. But it's a one off. It's supposed to be a one off right now. As of right now, it's planned to be a one off. And so again. All the loopholes, all the shit that's going on. Again, I I haven't even seen the Miss Marvel season finale yet. It doesn't come out till next Wednesday. But I can guarantee you there's going to be loopholes because you have so much going on and you have to get to all of it in 30 minutes and you can't do that. You realistically cannot do that. Even the end of episode five was a great episode until the last five minutes because like mad shit happened in five minutes. And you're like, yo, where did this come from? And it was so rough. And even the way the episode ended, I was like, wait, that's the end of the episode? Like, if the only show that I'm I'm really am like, I never need to watch that again is uh, Hawkeye. But then thinking about that, the problem with phase four as a whole is most of it doesn't have the rewatchability of the previous phases. Like, I rewatched Eternals. I do like Eternals. I think the problem with phase four is. If you're looking at everything just individually, for the most part, they're all good. None of it's bad acting or 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 Love start to finish bad. None of it's like that. Although I'm not gonna lie, the more I think about Thor, Love and Thunder, the more I hate it. But that's fine. That, that's a problem. That's a problem. Ragnarok. That's the opposite of Ragnarok. The more I think about Love and Thunder, the more I'm like, yeah, this movie was actually pretty bad. <laughs> but that's fine. I didn't see it yet. I can't comment. As far as the movies, Scarlet Witch is out of time. It, it was. It was like you should have. Uh, not Scarlet Witch. Black Widow should have came out before. Uh, the Multiverse of Madness, I really liked. I like Multiverse of Madness. I really liked Eternals. I really liked, but upon rewatching, I get why other people won't like it. I'm a history nerd, so a lot of the parts of the characters that I'm like, yeah, I really like this shit. It's it's because I like history. I would have liked it if it wasn't connected to the MCU. And so, the, and then this is another thing. Again, I'm not spoiling Love and Thunder, but this isn't a spoiler. But they're also doing it worked in it worked in Doctor Strange, but I think they're doing this way too much. Of the villains, not really the villain. They're whatever magical thing is corrupting their mind. Oh, that that's been a problem since the first couple of movies. And so, so even in even in Love, it's not oh he's Gore the God Butcher, but it's because the Necro Sword made him go, got Gore the God Butcher, not because of his tra- traumatic experience with the gods. And it's like mm, that kind of takes away from the character, and so it's it's the same shit over and over again where it's like oh they're not really a villain. This per- this thing's corrupting their mind. Yeah, that's I mean, the same MCU we've been getting the whole time. Loki's not really evil. Yeah, but Loki's a little bit different from the Wanda thing to the Gore Butcher thing to every like everything. Every movie now is yeah, but every villain has been besides Thanos and Killmonger, and I guess you could argue Loki, but he doesn't really count anymore. So it's just Thanos and Killmonger. Who are the good villains? No, no, I'm not talking about good in terms of. No, what I'm saying is this has been a problem since Phase One. 
No, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying like good in terms of like, oh my god, that's an amazing villain. Because Christian Bale killed it as Gordon the God Butcher, but even then, it what they took away from his character because it's like, no, he wants to kill the gods. The Necro Sword is just how he does it. Oh not, yeah, not the Necro Sword corrupted his mind and made him want to kill the and made him want to kill the gods. Why did Wanda join the Avengers? Because her brother died. Oh, what was her plan before her brother died? What, what was her motivation? I don't remember. Oh, it was to kill Tony Stark. Remember? The Stark thing is, is all Sharon and her brother saw, thinking it was going to go off. And that was supposed to be their whole motivation of why they hated the Avengers. Oh, right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's my point. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, they're never really evil. It's always a bigger evil. That, 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 it, it, it's which consistent. works, which works, and by the way, I think it worked in Doctor Strange. Let Wanda see the monster she's become and make her realize that she's fucking up. I get that it works. In oh, Doctor- that was a good movie. I was, I, yeah. I just bet in general, it worked in Doctor Strange, but you can't do that for every freaking movie. Again, I don't want to spoil Love and Thunder, but it was the same thing. It's like, oh, don't do this. This isn't you. Like, no, it is him. He's the fucking God Butcher. <laughs> what are we talking about? Like, like, what, like, what are we talking about? It, it's, oh, this person's not really evil. My cup magically made me this. If, I, if only I, if only you can get the cup away from me, maybe I'll be back to the breath that you know and love. Like, no, no. What if I'm just a bad person? Why can't so I? How, so how they built that, that, that laser thing that shot in the sky in the Avengers? He wasn't really an evil scientist. He was just under control. That's all my point is. It, it, phase four is more of the same. So if you really like the MCU, you're going to like Phase 4. You're not going to hate it. But if, if you always just tolerated the MCU, like you like certain movies, but the overarching style was never something you were actually in love with, you're going to fucking hate the Phase 4. Like, because a lot of people do not like the MCU style of comedy. There's a big reason why they hated Justice League, because they tried to emulate it. There's a big reason why they hated the Spider-Man movies before uh, Tom Holland hopped on. But it, 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 it's more of the same, and the problems have been exacerbated and magnified. That's all. That's all it is. But we got to wrap up. So, all right, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you next season in the fall. Love you guys. I am never for Brent me. You can find me never for Brent me. N e v a underscore the number four b r e t t underscore m e on Instagram and Twitter. And not the Chuck D on all the socials. We're at the dope blog, the underscore dope blog on Twitter. The dope blog, all one word on Instagram, www.thedope.blog. Other, other way around. The underscore dope blog on Instagram, the dope blog, all one word on Twitter. Yeah. Did I say that? No, you said the other way around. But it's okay. Y'all find, you, you'll find us. You, y'all know what it is. Just watch it's, any of our other videos. It's, it's, it's right. got the dope logo on it. If you clicked on this, how do you not know where we are? Right. Like, and if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. We really appreciate it. You have a YouTube? Yeah, it's been a while, so we're going to put it out. Uh, and join us next time. We just continue to discuss other people's excellence or guests, in this case, arrogance and... No, no, next time we're talking about the net, so there's not going to be too much excellence to talk about. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's true. Bye. <laughs> Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me. I'm working. Don't bother me.